Welcome to Dudes of Beers Podcast, episode 38. I'm Joe, and joining me are my co-host, Matt. Hey, good evening. And Darren. Hello, good morning. The video version can be found on Facebook and YouTube. The audio version can be found on all major podcasting platforms. By searching for DWB Show, please visit dwbshow.com for all the links. On today's show, we'll be talking about Samsung's new TV remote, an EV charging drive-in, Vertical transport field effect transistors, that's a mouthful, a Kentucky coal mine solar farm, Apple's rumored folding iPhone, GAF energy solar roofing, Habitat for Humanity dedicates first ever 3D printed home, public EV fast charging principles, Intel semiconductors, and John Deere reveals a fully autonomous tractor at CES this year. I mean, you can't tell we haven't been on for a month. That can is you? right. Yeah. So <laughs> we took December off. You know, I think what right before Thanksgiving, the week before. Yeah. Week before Thanksgiving. So we have been off almost six weeks, I think. Right. Six weeks ish. So not, it was a nice break. Um, definitely, nice break. definitely. Uh, I think needed. Um, but I'm itching to get back to it. So definitely have a lot to talk about. Lots of a lot has happened. A lot of a lot of a lot we're not even including because it's just you know at this point if you haven't heard about it um. <laughs> it's yeah. probably too late for Especially us to really talk the, about it um, with everything else going on. But uh, what are we drinking? You just had a, what'd you have? Just a, some bourbon there, Darren? Yeah, I had an old fashioned. I just finished a uh, third eye, uh, what was it, Juicy? Juice Me Up or something. Juice like Me Up, yeah. yeah. It was a New England IPA. I did not bring the can over. I apologize. But we got a couple That's of. That's because uh, you crushed it. <clears throat> I crushed Crusher. But I did. Um, so we do a bottle share every year at Darren's house for Thanksgiving. So we just have some friends over, and we all kind of bring some special stuff. There was a couple of things that we didn't get to, which we usually don't get to everything because there's just so much so much stuff that we bring to share. But a couple of those left over that didn't get drunk that night, I just kind of stuck in the fridge, and we've been hanging on to them. Would, uh, it, be, the, would it be drunk or drank? Drank. Probably drank. Yep, you're right. So this first one <laughs> is... No one would have known. <laughs> Who would have known? This is Big Bad Baptist Naked Baptist. It's an imperial stout aged in whiskey barrels uh, from Epic Brewing. They're up, uh, are they Michigan? Uh, uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Nowhere and, close. Wow, and, we were says, far off on it that It says, one. and Denver, Colorado, which so much stuff in Denver and Colorado, Ooh. period. So they must have breweries both places. It just says, uh, <laughs> brewed and bottled by Epic Brewing Company, Salt Lake City, Utah, and Denver, Colorado. So they must be in hmm. both locations. So this is a rare release. It's a 1.6 fluid ounces, and it has, like, like a censored logo on it. I mean, probably hard to see on there with the lights and stuff, but super cool um, bottle art. But it is a 13.1% yeah, yeah. ABV, and it, is, it says 2021, um, but I, I don't know, like, when... I'm sure this, it's not super old. I mean, because we got it. We got the Jungle Gems, didn't we? Or did I buy this? I think you had that one already. I must, maybe I got it uh, some other time throughout the year. But, like, I, it's probably one of the things, like, I find these, we find these things randomly throughout the year. And, like, stouts and stuff will save for the for the bottle share um, a lot of times. But we're going to start off with that. Awesome. What? Whoa. And Hold up. What? Hold up. What? What are you, what are you, what is that in your hand? Me or him? You, Joe. This? Yeah. It's a bottle opener. I thought you got like a cool bottle opener for Christmas. Uh, yeah, you should Oh, got... I didn't even bring it over here. <laughs> I'll, I'll hold on. I'll go get All it. All right, Darren's going to go Hold, please. It. I, it's laying right there, too. <laughs> Duh. Sorry about that. 
uh, while Darren uh, grabs that, um, we get this nice sixteen ninety nine. I don't even remember where I got this at. If I had a guess, you got it at Jungles. I usually don't look at the single bottle. They might, probably it was a probably end cap thing. Mm. Grabbed it, but um, oh yeah, thank you, Darren. So you, Darren, got one of these too. So this was um, a Christmas present from Matt. Matt got Darren and I both one of these. So he had our names engraved on it, which that's for my gaming handle that he put on mine. Um, so it's got like this, uh, it's like a cutter, I guess. That's So you can like, if you have a wax seal mm-hmm. um, or maybe even with like a foil seal on something like for wine or stuff, that I think that would work too. Yeah. And then it's got like this um, piece of hardware right here. I mean, it looks it's a hex bolt with a flat, big flat head on it, um, but it's like perfect size for, for a bottle opener. And then the wood is uh, like a charred piece of, I don't know, is it oak or... Yeah, it's a barrel stave. Yeah, it's a barrel stave, right? So it's going to be oak. Yeah, it smells super Probably good. North American. And then it has a genuine leather uh, handle on it. But, uh, yeah. so It's different, unique. Pretty the cool. Honors there. Uh, and so it's, uh, what is it, Yoppers? Or Yo Peppers? Is that what it says? Yo Peppers? Is that who Yopeners? makes it? Yopeners? Yeah, that probably makes That is an N, isn't it? You can find them on Yetzi. Yopeners. On Yetzi. Yetzi. Etsy. <laughs> Yetsi, Yetsi, so, so if you pull up uh, Epic on uh, Untapped, mm-hmm. uh, underneath of it, because it, it does list uh, Utah and Colorado, yeah, uh, it says it's a regional brewery. So I don't know what that means, but like regional to those two areas, but uh, maybe hmm. weird. Maybe I always that thought a, they were Michigan, but I, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Maybe that allows them to distrib- have a higher distribution area. Where's Elysium and, Brewing? Are they Ohio or Michigan? I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking that's the E. How I'm was thinking that? Of. Was that okay? That, that works really nice because you don't have to like just n- got a lot this. of leverage. Yeah, it's just it's just like ease. definitely then better than this little oh, thin piece of. There's a magnet in it. What? How how do they do that? There's a magnet. Or do they just magnetize this? Maybe. Does it stick to that? Oh no! Look 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 back here. Is oh. that a? Yep. Yeah, they drilled a magnet and put a magnet in there. Didn't know. Did you oh, know that? Oh my god! No, I was wondering what that spot was. Bonus. You gonna pour that? Well, dang it! That was money you're well the, spent. You're the good pourer. Cool. Well, while I'm pouring this, um, I mean, Ooh. I know it's been six weeks ish, but uh, lots of, I guess you know, lots of lots life of, happened. Lots of life, you know, yeah. holidays and whatnot. But anything uh, super top of mind uh, that you guys want to talk about? It has happened. Or mean, have you forgot? You slept since then, so you probably I, forgot. I, it. I haven't done Definitely anything. slept since then. I tried to do as little as possible. I'm going to be honest. It doesn't always work out, but I tried. I'd say for me, the the exciting thing was I bought a MacBook Pro. Oh yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. MacBook Pro 16 inch. Yep, the 16. Yep. And it's the new M1 Pro, right? Yep. So I have the. Thirteen point three MacBook Pro with the the original with the, with the first one with the the M one chip, but it is not the Pro, and like you can definitely tell. And that display, man, that that display on that sixteen inch, that ProRes, the HDR, so crispy. The sound on that thing, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. get super crazy blaring loud, but, but the volume the, that it's at, it's so like there's no distortion. Yeah, even it's, if it's all the way up, it's so nice, so pleasant. They did a good job. Easy. Easy. It's under warranty still. That's good. 
And I just got, I think it's a, it's two years. And then, uh, cause I, when I bought Taylor the gaming laptop like three years ago, I extended it for another year and I, I'd like keep getting the, uh, email. Hey, get your warranty. Done. I was like, it's not mine. So shoot. three years for a gaming laptop. It's, if it breaks at this point, it's better off just to buy a new one. So. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers to a new year. Yes. Yeah, happy new Start year. Start off 2022. As we cheers over the laptop that we were just. Hey, it's under it's under warranty. <laughs> it's under warranty. <laughs> yeah, but we won't have much of. I guess we'll just have to hook Matt's MacBook up if something. If if you see us going offline and you see a cut here, that's why. Mm. I get like a cherry and a cocoa nibs. Coke is it? Is it? Mm-hmm. Does it have a flavor profile on untapped? Because there wasn't one on the bottle. Let me pull her back up. Mm. And I did get this out of the fridge what about an hour ago. Hour and a little around an hour ago, so it's it's pretty pretty close to room temp. <laughs> uh, it's a imperial stout with cocoa nibs, coffee beans. Called it. Each seasonal release uses different dark roasted coffee. So it oh. does have coffee. Mm-hmm. It has a wonderful nose. It is. Oh my god, good mouthfeel. Yeah. It's not it's not super thick. It's, it's it not smells like thin. cherry. Does it smell like cherries to you at all? Cherries. I don't have the palate. I just I get like a cherry, then the coffee, then the. I think it's just the cocoa nibs. Like a dark cherry, it. though, not yeah. like a. Well, you're getting the because the cocoa nibs is, has that uh, weird smell to it. It's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah, so I mean, just you know, holidays, joint family, trying to, like you know, I, I'm trying to do as little as possible. Um, did a lot of gaming. I, I so I got a. An Xbox Series X. I scored one, found one finally um, after what has it been a year since they were released, and just kind of been keeping my eye out. Like, watch. I had a couple of stock tracker things that I've been subscribed to, and finally got one. And then uh, <laughs> that thing is so freaking honking huge, it it wouldn't sit on. So my TV sits on a, an entertainment center. It's an IKEA like entertainment center. And there was no room for it. Like even if I laid it flat, it would still block the TV. So I ended up having to put it behind it. Well, I had it in the in the entertainment center. I should start with that. And then it then gets way too hot. It needs to be out in the open. So, so then I got me thinking. I was like, man, I need to mount this TV. So then I bought a TV mount. And then I was like, well, if I'm gonna mount this TV and go through unhooking everything and all, and I was like, maybe I should just. Darren's like, I knew you were gonna get a new TV. <laughs> so I went ahead and I bought a new TV, which. I had a decent Samsung 75-inch. I think it was like the 70 series. Was it the 70 series? Or I mean, did you... it, it was a nice TV. Nothing, I mean, wrong, nothing, wrong, nice with TV. The, nothing wrong with the TV. But I figured if I'm going to go ahead and mount it, I did want to get 120 hertz, something with the, the variable refresh rate since the Xbox does that now. Um, so I was really looking at some of the uh, the newer Samsungs, like the QLED or I think that the, the Quantum Dot or whatever. But for that price, it was really close to just buying an OLED. Now, granted, it, I had to do went back to a sixty-five for that price. A sixty-five because the seventy-seven is like another thousand dollars, and I just wasn't paying that. But they had a really good price on the LG C1 OLED, which is a really high-rated OLED right now. I mean, it's not definitely not their highest end, but it's a really good one. Um, it's got, I, I, I would beg to differ if you brought their high end together. It'd be that much of a difference. It, yeah, there couldn't yeah. be that much, that much difference <laughs> as series. Uh, I don't know why it does that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm in love with it. Like, I've gotten already gotten used to going back to the size. And I think having it mounted up instead of it being on the stand because you're kind of looking up at a little bit of an angle um, helps, you know, 
with that size differentiation. Um, and then I was waiting on some new HDMI cables because I haven't been able to do the 120 hertz because the old cables that I had weren't 2.1. So I'm going to do all that, finish it all up. I think I'm going to do a video just about, mainly about the, because uh, I bought the, the Govi immersion kit that has the camera that mounts on the top of the TV. And it kind of changes the lights as you're watching stuff or playing a game. Um, super impressed with that. But like mounting it on that TV because it's so thin on the top. I mean, it's basically quarter of an inch, oh, if, if that. that. Yeah. Like there's nowhere. So I was I was scared when we picked it oh, up. Oh yeah, because we we took it up and down a couple of times because Darren was helping me mount it, and it was just flex. And I'm just like, man, this thing's gonna crack. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be something's gonna break. And when we hook it up, but thankfully, knock on wood, it was okay. But uh, I'm sure there there uh, there's a. I'm sure people have, have, have right. done stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can you can probably do a lot with that without it breaking or anything. So I think I'm going to do a video about how I mounted it because I had some 3D printed shelf brackets that I made like last year. Mm -hmm. I just made a bunch of them at the same time, and I was like, man, I need something to put on the back of that TV so that this camera for the Govi immersion kit can sit on because you can mount it underneath too. But there's like a little nub on the bottom so it wouldn't go there. And being mounted up on the wall, I couldn't put it, like, down on the entertainment center. But anyway, I don't want to get into too much detail, but I'll probably do, like, a little overview of how I did that. Because I'm sure there's other people that might want to do that, and I'm just maybe somebody else has a better way. But I just used some some 3M double-sided sticky tape. Put the little 3D-printed plastic bracket on there, and it sits perfect. So yeah. as long as it doesn't fall yeah, off, I which was, it shouldn't. I was impressed with uh, – I was worried about how it would look. Uh, it is one. a little bit distracting until you get used to right. it. Right. Well, would say, I just just looking up there, it's like, yeah, that sticks out a lot. But yeah. when you sent the videos of the the, the yeah, you it kind of you, you forget you forget it's there just because yeah. it just blends in. That's I mean that's been my highlight. What about you, Matt? Other than the MacBook, I mean that's a pretty high highlight for me. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's a lot a, of freaking money on a, a laptop. It's a sweet machine, <laughs> and he's going to learn how to do some video editing. I yes. think. Yes. Yeah, we got Adobe loaded on there. It's, there's no turning back now. Yep. yep. Sorry, Megan. <laughs> you had some, you did some cool stuff though. What? Uh, the the lights, the, all the Christmas lights and stuff. No, that's just normal stuff. Yeah, but that's still cool. Not most yes. people are doing that. No. Like you I'm, built like these Christmas tree stands. Yeah. And put all the you made the you you soldered all the lights. You did the controllers, the power supplies. How tall were those things? Like five and a half, six feet? Oh, no. Those are like seven foot tall. That's what I was saying. Yeah. How many did you make? There's just two of them. Two. I've had those. What? And then you made the one inside. Yeah, I made that that wall, which I'm going to be doing a video on soon. No, the one that you made inside with the uh, the uh all the Christmas stuff on. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. See? Yeah. I guess I did do a few And things. you're working on the LED wall for the basement? Yeah. Like like the slat? Was, are you calling it like a slat wall? a slat wall. wall I mean, it I, looks super cool. So. Yeah. I just, I can't wait. You making oh, a video for that? Yeah. It's already it's already done. You just got to post it? Well, no. I got to finish it because like... Then it's not done. Well, it's never done. Remember I would, that. I mean, you, you, you work on it for I'm I'm waiting for the finished product so I can say... Oh, so you can... So like this... One, one last shot. This turned into this... And this is how I did it. Is That's kind cool. of the how I'm going to open. Got to get, got to get that uh, grab at the beginning. Yes, got to get. That's how you do it? Yeah, people's attention span. That's how you, span, how you man. do it, folks. Take, take notes. <laughs> With cool. my whole 193 subscribers. Hey, and I'm thankful for every one of them. Got to start. 193 on YouTube. Gotta start yeah. and grow. I'm. Yeah. A, I'm. I've. I've got like five this week. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's, it's good. What are you up to on TikTok? Uh, like. Four eighty something. Yeah, sweet. 
you're you're getting close to a thousand on TikTok. I'm creeping, man. Like I think I'm like seven seventy or something on YouTube and nine fifty on TikTok, maybe. It's, but I haven't like I haven't been putting a lot of stuff out. I just you know we took the break and then you know we were doing podcast stuff before. And I'm in no hurry. Like it's not a it's not a race for me. It's a marathon or sprint. I should say it's a marathon. Like I'll make stuff as like the TV thing and. There's some other things like I want to do like a cable management video for the computer stuff and it's just, you know, I'm in no hurry. But Yeah. yeah. He's got a lot of good content on TikTok, guys. You go check it out. It's fun. I like uh I like doing stuff on there, but yeah. I'm sure if I posted more it would be more popular. I just don't have time. It's, or I shouldn't say I don't have time, I just I don't make the time out of other things, I guess. Right. Well and, and work you're, you're probably gotta work. You're probably in the same same boat I am as like I'm creative when I build things. Mm-hmm. I'm not like like every now and then something will pop into my head and be like, Oh, that'd be a great video and then I start yeah. running through it and I'm like, That's gonna be a lot of work. And then I forget about it and then it I off. just put it off. And, you know, like the whole reason I started my channel in the first place. <laughs> And I still haven't made the the weed eater video. <laughs> That's right. The way, see the way, and we've talked about this before. As Matt chokes on his vape, um, <laughs> or his beer, one I don't know. Um, like I and I and I think I've told you this. I think I've told Matt, but. Like I is if I help anybody, that's like uh, that's enough for me. Like, and I get comments all the time about like people say, "Oh, thank you," or or you know, that's this cool. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, I've been looking for the solution to do that or whatever it might be. So that that's enough for me. Like, exactly. if I can help one person, a video, th- that's that's good enough. Right. And and it's it'll be there forever, long as we don't get banned for some reason. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and then, you know, my kids, my hopefully someday grandkids or whoever, like, they'll, I mean, a hundred years from now, they'll be able to go back. Imagine if we could go back and watch our parents, grandparents, great grandparents, whatever videos that they made a hundred years ago. Like, I mean, you could, if they were, they had the kind of like, you know, old equipment and they right. stored that stuff, but it wouldn't be easily accessible. Right. Like it will be a hundred years from now for well, won't it maybe not even be YouTube then? Everybody will just have their brain brain implants, right. and neural links, right to the the cortex, and they'll and, just be able to see whatever they want. And I said this back in 2016 when Arlo was born. Yeah, I was like, and then he'll be able. To I know. was like, he is going to be able to see his whole childhood. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, because and I have the my stuff that you. Do. I have like from like ten on. Yeah, but. I don't have a, a v, v, VCR anymore. Right. I don't have the DVA or the DVD or the, player. Or the nothing. D- <laughs> the laser disc. The, laser. Well, I, I mean, never I'll, had a laser disc. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Well, I mean, I didn't. My dad did. No, I didn't. I had. Yeah, a, like the. Well, yeah, I had. Was a, it a DV, I, is it DV8 or Mini DV? Mini DV, and then well, was DV, DV8, and then Mini DV, and then it went a Betamax. To, I had a Betamax. <laughs> It superior was, format. It was eight hundred and forty nine dollars for that for Betamax. Betamax. When it Which came it was out. the How superior do you format. That? You, you well, it was it was Betamax and VHS. Ad, remember? Man. You remember Betamax yeah. and VHS? You know why VHS won? Uh, I forget. Do you remember? You I, remember? I, I do. Not I've remember. heard the story years ago, but I forget. Because the porn industry picked VHS format. That's what they were oh, releasing all the porn that. videos on. Really? That's what I've always heard. Huh. I could be wrong. But I heard like that's what they 
all of the the rental and stuff you could buy for pornography, most of it was on VHS because it was cheaper huh. to make the tapes. Were ch- the tape was cheaper. The video equipment was cheaper. So that's why. Well, that's, I've always heard VHS but, one. But that's also yeah. Sony also yeah, it, because yeah. Sony is always throughout their whole thing. Always had their. Always had to be proprietary. Yeah. Even their cameras, you had to have that. Their uh, yeah. stick. Oh, yeah. That yep. that. And, and you know everything Sony's ever done, and that's probably the down one of the other downfalls of it. Could yeah. So Sony, and, was like Bay I said, Max? I could be I could be yeah. completely wrong, but I thought that that was like the like the t- maybe it was like the tipping point, or maybe. maybe it was only one thing. But I thought that was like a. I remember it being a big deal, but yeah, and they some were documentary they or were, something. They were smaller. Yeah. They had better quality. Better quality. They lasted longer. Hmm. But it's just you know more expensive because of that. But you, I think they were you. You had you could fit more on mm-hmm. one of them too, right? Yep. Higher bit rate or something. I don't know. It's forever ago, but so yeah, cool. Arlo's gonna get to see his whole childhood because of the film <laughs> delayed. Same yeah, for Madison. Right. And that's crazy. Does do you guys go through pictures together yeah, from we, time to time? Yeah, we were watching. Or well, uh, he wanted to watch some videos. Uh, Elizabeth had a late night, so I had to put him to bed. Like home video stuff. Yeah. So. You the stuff you digitized or no? We were just watching uh, YouTube videos of him. Oh, okay. That, that he, I've that he's yeah. been in, and you know he yeah. just sat there and enjoyed every minute of it. I mean, I used to tape um, a mini DV. I had a mini DV uh, like I taped like a, like New Year's and some kids' birthday stuff, and so I digitized it at some point. Like you know, hook up the camera and and, and saved it to a hard drive and. I think it was a DVD-R at one point and then back to a hard drive. And so I have, like, I did lose a, some of the New Year's, a couple of the New Year's or whatever, but the stuff that I was able to, to keep, I put, it's on my Plex server. So every now and then, like, I mean, you guys have seen some of the old New Year's stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I mean, hope we should have it hopefully forever as long as nothing. need to get those. Yeah, I, got, awesome. I got it backed up, but you never know. Like, if this whole house burns down, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's in the cloud or not. Cool. Anything else? Anything other? Any other exciting updates? Not really. I can think of anything else. I mean, I'm sure there's stuff we just. Yeah. It's been so 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 much has happened. So cool. Well, let's get into some of these. First up from theverge.com, we have so from CES, Samsung announced their of course new TVs and everything like that, but they also have an updated remote. So their new TV remote. And I think this is just for the higher-end TVs. They didn't really say, I don't think, but um, can use radio waves So from your router. So your router sending out the Wi-Fi signal all the time, you know, for, to your phone, your laptop, whatever. Um, there's, there's energy in that. It has to be able to – there's antennas that send and receive. So it's a very, very low-power uh, signal. But for something like a remote, it's going to pick those up as well, and it can charge off of it. So it's not using a lot of juice, doesn't take a lot of juice. It's almost like a trickle charge, basically. And the, these also, and I think the previous version of this had, because the one the one I was looking at when I got the OLED, had, it had the, the, the solar, the, the, the UV, not solar, but uh, the light cell, I guess. Because yeah. it'll charge off of incandescent lighting and stuff like that in your, in your house. So it has the solar cell that can charge. And now this new one, We'll be able to pick up the radio waves coming from your wireless signals, and now, now will that depending on how much you use it, will it be able to stay charged solely That's off of crazy. that? But there's no battery. There, 
Actually, there I think there is a battery, and you can USB plug it in USB if you need to. I think it's what it said. But my my main question is is what's that? <coughs> Darren, you need to. Darren's getting there. There you go. I I've <laughs> had I've had my TV for a little over two years now. You're you have Samsung, right? Yes. I just changed the batteries the other day. Oh yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like that's not something you change a lot, right? Right. Um, and and they even said that in here. I mean, this is and they even I guess there was another technology or maybe it was a patent that they had where they were going to put another sensor in there from just you moving it. And so kind of like the watches. That, yeah, that just kinetic, the uh, the motion, kinetic the, energy, yeah, kinetic yeah. energy. But they said that this was like this was I guess easier, and maybe that'll be another step down the road. But um, so these are for it says twenty twenty one TVs, but. I don't know if they meant to say 2022 because this was stuff that was just announced at CES, which was this this week. You know, today's the seventh. CES was Monday through Wednesday or something. Well, it it, it does say after introducing a solar powered. Oh, I got you. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I misread that. So yeah, they had the solar powered one last year, and then this one adds the still has that cell in it. Now it'll do the radio waves. I just I don't I don't think these people have five year olds. <laughs> that are constantly because, using the, the because, remote and everything. Yes, he he will hold that remote the whole time he is watching TV. That's true. Really? Yeah. And, and if it's anything, if it's it. anything like the LG Just remotes, it. it's got that motion. If he if he comes in into it. if he comes into the kitchen, it's in his hand, and then he'll lose the remote. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, do not take it out of the living room. Leave it where I have it. Yeah. That way, you always know where it is. Isn't like all your TV stuff voice control anyway? Yeah, but he he can't he run that. Yeah. Why? He can't say. Doesn't have the patience, probably. Because hey, Alexa. Hey, or or, we, or Alexa. We don't, or, we don't say. We hey, don't, Google. We don't say. You're just trying to set everybody's stuff yeah. off now, aren't you? I was. I was on. I think mine aren't all. Like, oh, I changed my word. Hey on Siri. Mine. No. Okay, computer. Uh, now you're gonna mess the lights and stuff up. You know. Cancel, cancel. <laughs> so I was on the phone with my mom and dad the other day, and uh, about they, their remote. No, and they wanted to see. Where are we going with this? I'm I'm getting to it, <laughs> but they were they were wanting to see my uh, new wall I built in my basement. Oh yeah, yeah. And I kept saying voice commands, and her oh they were you were her her, off. her her was going off, and. It, it, it was comical is what it was. Do they and, have any of those devices? In the story, no. As I say, I thought no. maybe you were gonna, you were seeing stuff to set their stuff no, up. No, no. I was I was changing my stuff just to show them kind of what it and did. And you were saying it, so yeah. it was... Did you use did you, did you, your word still the main yes. the default? Yeah. yeah. Now, is that per device? Once you change it, it's for everything, right? Under that same house, yes. I think? Yes, but I I've just, only got the two so far, so... Everybody's so used to saying that. Yeah, then, yeah, I got you. I mean, when you have... Like nineteen, <laughs> I changed mine hours. on purpose just so because I know when we talk about it, I didn't want them going off when we were down. Here. Um, I thought that was cool that they called it RF harvesting because, like, yeah, you know, it it, it makes cool. sense though. I mean, it, if yeah, but it's only like they said, it's only gonna work. It's only gonna be practical for low power, like super low power devices. Like you, it's not gonna like your phone is right, not gonna get any gonna benefit charge for that. that. But I guess something like that, or um, I don't know what else. Like, I was thinking like um. Like some of these Wi-Fi what light switches that you can just like, the, the, like or double side tape to the wall. Or oh the, yeah. Or the because uh, those are all they're getting those signals all the time, 
and you're not using them a lot. Or all the Ecobee se- sensors. Oh, yeah. Or stuff I like have that. the Nest, or, or the, the, the Nest temperature. Yeah. Like those, you're never doing anything with them. They're and they're low power. Yeah. I mean, like like you said, like you might change those batteries every two or three years. I don't even know if I've. I think I've only changed like my Hue light uh, switch. I think I've only changed. I've got three or four of those. I've only changed a battery in one of them, and I've had them for like three or four years. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how much you use them too. But True. That would be another cool tech because it's about the same size as yeah. a TV remote. Um, but it says yeah, you can still do um. The uh, the solar cell, of course, but and for the fastest results, it says you can use USB C. Um, but you would think, like, when you're at work, when you're sleeping, like it's yeah, it's constantly charging. Yeah. So yeah. why would you really? Because your Wi Fi never shuts. Yeah, your Wi Fi never shuts off. So unless yeah. you, unless you uh, like he said, maybe if you got a kid that's always but, using it. But or, he said Arlo was just holding it. He's not. Is oh, he, yeah. But it, you know how much a five-year-old fidgets. He's <laughs> pushing buttons randomly and stuff. No, I mean, he's always, you know, they're always up, down, yeah. Yeah. sitting there, and then they get down. The does the, um, does, do the Samsung remotes have the motion no. pointer like the LG? No. It's and almost prepar- pri- proprietary. Proprietary. Yeah. Now, that something like that, I could see where it would run it down faster because you're carrying. Like, if you, you pick it up, that, that'll pop up sometimes, yeah. but. I thought like the the coolest thing I think was what they were they were talking about um you know getting rid of the AAA batteries is they're going to avoid 99 million discarded batteries over the course of 7 years is what that this will save which That's a lot of batteries. Well, I'm just wondering if like is this remote going to come with all their TVs or just the higher end models? And where they're coming up with that number from? Because I don't, I wouldn't think there would be that many people that would be buying the higher, high, high end Samsung line of TVs. It, it would probably be an all if they're getting that. Maybe big eventually. Of a number, I mean, it could, I, I wouldn't think it would be that expensive to add that into something. But yeah, I just mm-hmm. like I just wonder where the, they didn't really say like where those numbers were coming from. But I mean, I could see. I mean, I'm sure, they sell a lot of TVs. I mean, they're yeah. probably one of the. I mean, other than LG and maybe Sony, I mean, I guess there's, there's other ones, but I still think they sell more more that, or as many TVs as anybody that else. TCL life. And, this, yeah. and that, that 99 million batteries over seven years. That's a lot, yeah. That's worldwide. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. That's not just... Seven a, point something, whatever, two billion people. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah, that was pretty cool. From InsideEVs.com. Return of the drive-in EV charging with food delivered to your car. So Elon has mentioned this in the past, uh, talking about how they were going to put, like, some kind of store or Tesla Mart or whatever they were going to call it, or even food at some of the supercharging locations. Well, Electrify America is pretty much going to do that first, probably. So um, that's kind of what this is talking about. So Inside EVs is reporting um, that... Uh, it's not, I mean, they say like drive-in car, like they're talking about the car hops and stuff. That's technically not what it was. It's more as they're going to have these charging stations What as you're charging, you can use your phone to order food from, because usually these are in a location like an outdoor mall or a, a supermarket type of location. And there's usually a lot of restaurants around there. And what you'll be able to do is order food and you'll be close enough to where someone can, from that restaurant can walk it or, or bring it over to you. And they talk about like the roller skates and stuff. So segways, yeah, segways, segways. But no. I mean, um, it's not, they, they said driving, but that's not really what it was. 
Um, so it was a little misleading on that front, but I but mean, they, it's a cool idea. Like, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I, I supercharged for the first time when I went to uh, Columbus a few weeks ago. That's the first time I've ever had to use a supercharger. I didn't technically have to use it, but I was going to have like 12% if I didn't when I got home, it said. So if I would have gotten stuck at all, yeah, that, I would not want to have chanced oh, it. Yeah, no. I only did it for like 20 minutes anyway, just to check it out anyway. But yeah, I keep saying anyway, but I was in the, a Kroger parking lot. Anyway. So like these restaurants – and supermarkets like Kroger or whatever, if they have these in their parking lot, it would just behoove them to offer something like that. Like, if you could order a food and have somebody bring it out of the Kroger, like, they have the deli, they have the – I mean, of course, you could walk in there too, but it just makes sense if you're waiting for 10 or 15 minutes while you're charging what, anyway. What if they're, like, banks, and then they have the air tubes that just come to that <laughs> thing, and you get Drones. your soda? Drones. <laughs> That would just, be cool. Just a thought. I, th- I think it'd be nice to retrofit some of the charging stalls with yeah. the covered area. Well, that's with what the I, solar panels when I when additional I, lighting. Yeah. When I first saw the article that you linked, I was I thought that's what they were going to talk about. Like they were actually going to have like an old school type drive-in with chargers, and it was going to have a restaurant like where they would bring the like like a Sonic or something, yeah. you know, or, or I don't know if they have Jollies Sonic or Jolly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what <laughs> is Sonic nationwide. I, I don't know, but um, probably like that's what I thought, and that's not what it was at all. So, so multi-billion-dollar idea. Yeah. Um, so basically, what Electrify America is going to do is they're going to have. Um, these featured locations that are going to be like the first one's going to be in Westfield Valley Fair Shopping Center in Santa Clara, California is what it says. And that's what the renderings were from. But it says the locations will have like 14 ultra fast charging um, chargers offering power levels from 150 to 350 kilowatt. They're going to have solar canopies that will help offset some of the power they're pulling from the grid. Um, but you'll be able to order meals from mall restaurants or restaurants that are super close that can be delivered to your car as you charge is basically what it is. So reading this again, I thought about this the other day when I put this on the show notes. Most cars are going to charge at 150 to 350 kilowatts or whatever. Mm -hmm. If you're ordering from a place, you're more than likely going to be done charging before your food gets to you, could be yeah, yeah. You really would point. be. I mean, because especially my, at three fifty, yeah, my stops for like twenty minutes apiece. At, at three fifty, you can get what a hundred miles in ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Not more, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but I mean, I think if you're on a, like a longer road trip, you're probably charging for a little bit longer, maybe, right, or but, you would just you could just wait. But for it, most of these places are near super fast food. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Things. Like, I guess that would be yeah. It would have. I mean, hopefully that's. Yeah, depending on what kind of food you got. I, I mean, guess. if if you really wanted to be techy about it, while you're driving on your road trip, well, you, uh, yeah, you, you knew you, you were coming up. You on knew it. you were coming up. You could pre-order yeah, and have cool. and have Grubhub or DoorDash deliver it right to your <laughs> or, uh, or or Wendy's or whatever, yeah. right? If it was close to there, that would be ideal. Like, like if Tesla, good, if Tesla or Ford or GM, if you're listening, you need to build that into your your car software 
So, hey, I'm coming up on the supercharger. Here are all the food locations that can deliver to my car. Go ahead and plate like whoever, like the passenger seat or something. You know, you could, wouldn't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, don't do that while you're driving. Unless you have FSD, then it didn't, you know, it doesn't matter if it's legal. <laughs> we'll see. But um, yeah, that could be. That's a great idea. Yeah. But um, so one of our stops, the first on the way down to the wedding for my sister-in-law, was in the back of a hotel parking lot. Like, yeah, nothing there. No, there's nothing there. We're not close enough to where they could walk it over to yeah. you or whatever. So, th- I like that idea of like beforehand, like if you went through the route yeah. and like when you saw where the location was, if something told you, you know, within this many feet or miles is X number of restaurants that you can order from. And in that location, it would have been like, oh, the closest restaurant while you're charging. It's 3.4 miles away. Yeah. I'm not walking 3.4 no. <laughs> miles. So it would have been nice to know that, oh, we're going to eat on that stop. Let's see who can deliver to that charging. True. And if there isn't I- something close you enough. You do have good ideas from time yeah. to time. And if there isn't something close enough, then you could say, okay, well, is there a DoorDash Uber Eats option that can meet me there right yeah. about the same time I go? Right. Like, it's it has to happen. It has to it's happen. Going, it's going to. It has to happen. There goes my million dollar. If, idea. if Uber Eats and and uh, DoorDash are, are watching, you know, yeah, just, just give it to uh, them. Just give me like I'm sure they've half, already they, they're already half, probably I'm half sure a they're percent. Already, they're already working on it. Right? H- half a percent. That's all um, we ask. But it does say that uh, so Electrify America is planning to open 17 new locations owned by Westfield. I guess that's so Westfield is the place that manages like a lot of these outdoor mall type shopping locations across seven different states. And they want to open them by the end of 2022. So by the end of this yeah. year. Now, I think a lot of them are going to be in California. Um, Probably a lot of them. At least to start. So that makes, you know, I understand. Yeah. But the seven states, and I, I don't, they didn't mention the states in this article. So I don't know where all they are. But I'm, the first one's going to be in, like, California and Santa Clara. So I'm sure a lot of them are in California or out west. So it'd be pretty, yeah. cool. It'd be pretty cool. Like, yeah, who knows in five, I mean, in five years it's going to be. There's going to be so many electric in, vehicles. And in you're five have to have years, we might be flying. I don't know. That'd be cool. But we have the, uh, what's the, what was the, the personal uh, yeah, helicopter that, that, that you didn't that like? motorbike. No, the, for the personal yeah, helicopter. The, the drone. It was like a right. personal aerial vehicle. What was that thing? I don't know. It was like from Engadget.com. So new IBM and Samsung transistors could be key to super efficient chips. Uh, Darren is going to open our next beer, which you is... You want to try this opener out? It's very, very nice. I, I'd, I'd used it. I just forgot it was over there and didn't failed to bring it over here when we were starting off, so... Oh, I missed. Oh, fail. I think it was the lip of the So bottle. this is a... what? This is a this 2021 is a, Whiskey Rebellion yep. barrel-aged. Yep. Stout aged in bourbon barrels with peaches, vanilla, and caramel. And what was caramel. the uh, ABV on that? Uh, why do you always ask me? Because like, it's important. I know sometimes they're hard to find. It does not say. Like, they need to have like a standard label for ABV. and It's not on there. I don't see it. Okay. Um, so, again, Engadget.com, IBM and Samsung transistors could be key to super efficient chips. Uh, it's, you know, not a long article, but it says that IBM and Samsung claim they've made a breakthrough in semiconductor design um, on the day of the IEDM conference in San Francisco. So that was recently at some kind of chip conference, I guess. It doesn't say what IEDM, and I failed to look that up. It says the two companies unveiled a new design 
for stacking transistors vertically on a chip. To date, everything is horizontally. Now they're, they're talking about doing it vertically, uh, which, you know, current, like I said, all current processors and silica, uh, silicon on chips, transistors lie flat on the surface across. Uh, and then electric current flows from side to side. By contrast, the vertical transport field effect transistors, VTFET, <laughs> that is for a sure, mouthful. sit perpendicular to one another and current flows vertically. Uh, according to IBM and Samsung, the design has two advantages. First, it will allow them to bypass many performance limitations to extend Moore's law beyond IBM's current nanosheet technology, which is what they use for their current chips. More of, importantly, the design of. leads to less wasted energy um, thanks to greater current flow. They estimate that the VTFET will lead to processors that are either, that's important here, Either you can't have both; it's one or the other. Either twice as fast, or use eighty-five percent less power than chips designed with the current FinFET transistors. That's bonkers. They claim that the process may one day allow for phones to go a full week on a single charge. They crazy. say that it could also make certain energy-intensive tasks, including crypto mining, more power efficient, therefore less impactful on the environment. Um, they haven't said when. They plan to commercialize the design. Uh, they're not the only ones attempting to push beyond the one nanometer barrier. Uh, in July, Intel said it aims to finalize their design for the Angstrom scale chips. We're going to be talking about the Intel stuff a little bit later and about Moore's Law a little bit too, so stick around for that. By 2024, the company plans to accomplish the feat using its new Intel 20A node and ribbon-fed transistors. So... Um, Lots of cool stuff coming. Like, I, I, I just, I, it kind of blew my mind that no one else is, I'm, I'm sure they've tried it. It's just that maybe we didn't have the technology to do vertical. Mm -hmm. um, but it, I think it was, it's important to say, you know, um, like they said, and they, and they actually updated this article a little bit later uh, in Gadgeted to clarify that this new architecture, um, you know, while it'll help us extend beyond the current nanosheet technology that IBM is using, uh, not necessarily um, will it, it says, it also noted you can have extreme improvements in performance or battery life, but not both. That's why I said that it's important that, you know, you can't have both, at least not with this technology. I'm sure one day maybe there will be one I'm that, sure there that will. will. Like we're seeing like with M1 and, <laughs> yeah. and even the new Intel 1210 stuff. Like, but there is... What they're saying with this, anyway, is you can have better performance or better battery life, but not necessarily both. So, but if if you really look at it, better battery life is better performance, depending on the device. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I think that's where we're talking about, like, especially for like phones. And but I think for like um, when you look at the M1 and uh, and the new uh, Intel 12th Gen, and, and I think AMD is going to come out with their new chips as well. You got these different uh, core types to handle different workloads because not every workload is best for, for a certain core type. So oh, yeah. some things need a high performance. Some things can just use a lower performance, more energy efficient because they don't need to be done super quickly. So I think you're going to probably, we're still probably going to see both and we're going to see more and more of these hybrid chips. I think uh, definitely for the next few years anyway, until they can get something to like this, like this to come out and, and one nanometer, like in less than one nanometer, God. that's just it, crazy. That's, yeah, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. 
to answer your question on the ABV. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is 11.2. Oh. So we went from a 13.1 from the Bad Baptist to this. And, but this one, I think. And I've had this one. I don't, you, you guys said you hadn't. And, and for those who care, 31 IBUs. As Matt would say, you guys haven't had this one, right? No, I've not had. Did you have last year's version of this? Probably, I don't know. I don't, this is this I don't one. Check in beers, this is like. my favorite uh, version. So, Whiskey Rebellion, uh, Warpwing Brewing in Dayton, Ohio. They do this every year. They make the, some variants as well as so they do a regular barrel aged, and then they do three or four variants. This one, and then there's another one. The uh, I think it's the vanilla. Yeah, you gave me or one. not vanilla. It was the uh, what was that one? I don't even remember. Which, which no. one peaches and cream. The peaches the and peaches cream. And no, this cream. is the peaches. That, peaches, vanilla, and caramel. The other one was, uh, it's eluding me, but this one's really good. That other one it was my favorite, but um, this one, it's, it's very, very well done as well. What do you think, Matt? I like do you, it. Do you remember this one? I'm, I'm not having it. Years? Nope. I've only this really ever had the, so the base. A little bit too. Uh, just... My, the, my the jam is the uh, the esters, the barrel age esters. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Um, um. This one has this is a really good finish. The peaches and the taste is a little, or the smell. I'm sorry, is a little weird to me. It's almost like a chemical peach smell. Do you get that? Mm. I get peaches, but it's almost like a chemically. Oh yeah, it is kind of funky. Kind of weird, right? But the taste is amazing. Mm. It it kind of reminds me of like the. Uh, if you've ever opened like a peaches and cream oatmeal, yeah, and you get oh, that, oh yeah, that, it's that, that artificial smell. peach. Yeah. I'm sure they, they may. I don't know if they were used real peaches or not. Didn't say, but does it say on Untapped? Do they? I'm sure they use some kind of artificial, yeah, flavoring. I'm trying to, to find it. all the. They have a, a whiskey rebellion Irish cream BBA stout. I forget, it's. I, I had it, I had it on tap at the brewery. They have an espresso and chocolate um, one. Oh, maybe man. maybe it was the espresso and chocolate one. Peaches. Oh, they have uh, apricot honey. That one was good too. The from interestingengineering.com. We haven't had anything. We have stuff from them, but it feels like we haven't had anything from them in a little while. So Kentucky is turning an old. They say defunct coal mine. It's just a coal mine that's not being used anymore. Well, yeah. It, it, it's, it was mined out or closed right. or whatever, right? Into a 200-megawatt solar farm. It's crazy. Um, and, and it will power about 33,000 houses. And it says the, the mine that's in the eastern part of Kentucky, it's been shut down since 1990s, yeah. will now be converted into the largest solar farm in the state and begin supplying power as early as 2024. So... Not too long away. Yeah, right around the corner. Um, and it says, as you know, we continue to shift to new greener measures and attempt to rein in carbon emissions. This is going to be more and more, more and more important. And I think the the coolest thing was, um, this is only one of 130,000 right. sites that the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, has earmarked for renewable energy projects. So. Old coal mines. I would like. Um, I think well, some of the other ones were. What do they call it? Like strip mining, or fracking, or fracking. So, so oh, this. Watch your mouth. So, so <laughs> this is this is one of the reasons why I posted this because a lot of people are against uh, coal mines or or fracking or whatever because it it destroys land. It's done. Right. Right. There's especially the strip mining yeah, and because they don't really do the mine like no. when they when we say coal mine like and th- I don't know th- if this one specifically but right. they really don't mine anymore no, they just they, dig they holes dig, right they di- well they 
they dig out and then down and then yeah. out and then down. Because it's safer. Right. But, but it's also very destructive, right? Because you see it. So, oh, what this, he, Matt's got a calculator out. Oh, sh- <laughs> so, if this is one of 130,000 sites that are earmarked for renewable energy, mm-hmm. if they could, if they all were the same, like 200 megawatts, 200 megawatts that could supply power to 33,000 homes. Mm-hmm. You're doing that? Is that the house math? That's, or the megawatts? No, it's the house. There's a number of homes. How many? That's 4 billion. Two hundred and ninety million homes. Shoo-wee. How what? many? How many are in the U.S.? Not four billion. I mean, there's no way. There's only three hundred and thirty-five million people, right? Yeah, and not I mean, everyone owns. That's but not, even that's, if you counted like homes, businesses, like you're still probably talking less than a billion, right? I, Easy. I mean that. Well, some some manufacturing sites probably need right. way more energy than a but, house. But on the that's still crazy. Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know if they're all two hundred megawatt, cool. but that's really cool. That that is cool for the power. But I got to throw this in here: mm-hmm. how much will that uh, raise the temperature of the United States because of the solar? Because of the solar reflecting some of the heat. I don't know. Because that's one bad thing about the solar fields, and that's why we covered that one, yeah, that, they, that hydroelectric they were, dam, they, because they helped, it, it didn't reflect. It did. Well, didn't didn't we cover one about the there was panels that weren't as reflective? Well, too? yeah. Yeah, but that one, because it was in oh, the water. because of the, the angle. Right. Gotcha. And it kept the panels cooler. That's got to be a concern, right? I, if you have that many solar panels right. like, about reflecting. I now, mean, think, now, think about now. Overall, is it still better than all of the carbon emissions? I don't know. Right, but you know, if you think about it, like all the black roofs, all the all that concrete. Like, if you go in, if you're out in the country and you go into the city, yeah, it's ten to twenty degrees warmer yeah, usually. Yeah, yeah. Definitely because of, from and, the concrete and, there's, and the there buildings was, and the people. There was, you know, numerous articles painted uh, where people were they were painting the streets white. To to help with that heat yeah. in the, in those yeah. areas, mm. yeah. Because when you talk about like you said, um, when you put solar panels on a roof, you're not really changing much because right. it was already doing maybe not as reflective, but if it's you know black and it's absorbing, or but if you're putting it out in the middle of a field, but I guess if it's a coal mine, it's probably I don't know, it's probably not very useful anyway. No, especially and this one says it's like 1,200 acres for this particular site, which that, um, that's that's pretty big. Yeah, and it says that um, they're going to start next year, which they mean 2023. Yeah, so when was this posted? So this was posted January 3rd, 2022, so four days ago. Right. So they're not going to start this until 2023, and it's going to take 12 to 18 months. Yeah. It'll be 138 kilovolt substation or connect to 138 kilovolt substation belonging to Kentucky Power, who's going to develop it. Um, and it's Savion Energy that released the, the press release and they oversee the renewable energy projects. Um, I guess for 90 solar and over 40 energy storage projects under development with the combined output of 15 gigawatts. Yeah. Crazy. So, I wonder if those are all for Kentucky or it's gotta be other States too, I yeah. think, but I mean, it not, would have to be. And this is $230 million, $231 million investment. And it's going to create up to 300 construction jobs construction jobs which will likely take be taken up by former mines in the area beginning opportunities 
bringing opportunities from new or greener economy, but those aren't long-term jobs. They're no. only going to be for a year, year and well, a half. Well, I don't know. I mean, they're still going to have think, to have some people, but not that many. Because you're going to have to have people that clean the solar panels because yeah. of dirt and debris. Stuff's going to break. Stuff's going to break. Kentucky still gets a little bit of snow. I mean, well, they're getting hammered right now, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you'd have to have somebody clean all that stuff. Yeah, it's going to be maintenance. Go. So, <laughs> we don't have big lakes that we can float the panels in in Kentucky. Cumberland. If this was Cumberland. if this was it's close enough, yeah. I mean, if big. this was close enough to like population or whatever, what if you pumped water Filled through again. all the panels and the Geo, heat from the panels warmed heat. the water and the water went to the house to supply yeah. hot water to homes. That could be another idea. Yeah. yeah, but that would be a lot of underground. Depends I mean, on how far away it is, like yeah. you said. That, that's a good idea. It could be. I mean, so what I, the last thing that I wanted to talk about in this, and I just don't know I'm enough not about dismi- it. I'm, we're not dismissing you. <laughs> no, but I mean, well, I, I know. because, now, now because people, you do that today. They have solar, uh, they have solar. Uh, water heaters. Water heaters on their, on their house, on their roofs. Yeah. So I mean, depending on what kind of, Solar panels are using. I mean, they could do that, especially if it's generating a lot of heat because yeah. there's so many of them. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad idea. Hmm. Um, so they talk about the end of this. It's a six, they're getting a six hundred thousand dollar tax incentive from Kentucky, but but it's a two hundred thirty one million dollar investment. So that's not terrible, I don't think. What kind of tax incentive did the coal companies and the energy companies that were doing the the coal like what did they get yeah. like is it was it more or less like i don't know um i mean the the whole tax incentive and uh, uh all the incentives that we give to to fossil fuels and energy companies and all other kind of companies like that's a whole another debate i guess but like i just wonder how comparable it is that's I, I that's kind of i was just thinking like what kind of incentives did they get versus this? Was it comparable, more or less? I don't know. And it does say expected to go online and, and will power the equivalent of 33. 33. Yeah. The equivalent. So, so that's not... But it's going to be one of they're many. They're not going to connect these neighborhoods to this grid, are they? I don't know. This no, is I just going to feed into, into the, the main overall right. Pro- Probably, and, but... And it makes the... If they have this renewal, re- renewable energy... It's easier for them to produce the power, which in lie makes your power cheaper. True. In the long run. So they're fronting this big investment to basically, I mean, it, hopefully it would it would decrease your uh, energy bills. Hopefully, yeah, because especially if they can't get the coal anymore for the coal fire plants and they're having to ship it in from somewhere else or use natural gas or some other uh, energy yeah. type. That's a good point. Like they've got to transition to something if they're run. I mean, I don't know if they're running out. I have no idea, but um, I, they've obviously closed in some of them. I mean, there may be others, but well, yeah, they, since 1990 for yeah, this but one, yeah. they're closed because they're run. They, they, they mined it all. They mined it all. And that's not saying there aren't other ones, but there's a lot of environmental impact with that. I think, <clears throat> not, not, not to say there isn't potentially environmental impact from huge, think. huge solar farms either. Right. But yeah, be interesting to see how it plays out, and hopefully, it's going to be a, a positive transition. Well, and a, and it's going to create jobs and 
help with the environment because, I mean, you talk I mean, some of those mine conditions, they haven't been like that for a while, but like in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, man, some of the – I would not want to do that stuff because oh. they didn't wear PPE. My uh, – PPE, what? They didn't wear what? PPE, personal protective yeah, equipment. Yeah, stuff was not around back then. Uh, so I they have had a, a headlamp, and that was about <laughs> – Maybe a handkerchief around their face, <laughs> if that. I have like a uncle, cousin, or I don't know really uncle, what. cousin, brother? What? I don't really know what is Doug to my grandma. Did he do that? But he he's he's worked coal mine his whole life. So, yeah. He had all those coal miners getting, what is it, black lung or whatever? Because, yeah. I mean, there's coat in your lungs with that crap. I mean, you, you look you look back in the old pictures, you know, and they're all covered in black face. Yeah. And, and yeah, just, you just see the streaks. Mm-hmm. And hopefully this is, it's got to be a good thing, right? I mean, it's renewable energy. Well, it's, it's, and it's, that's it's, to say there, there, there has, I mean, yeah, there could be downsides, but that's going to be. Well, it's useless land, too, so. That's, what else are you going to do with it? I mean, fill it full of water, call it a lake. Yeah, oh. I, don't know. I don't know how. I mean, to 1, float the solar panels on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Win-win. <laughs> from appleinsider.com. So Apple's folding iPhone. What to expect from the iPhone fold? I hope this is complete it. conjecture. It's, it's like they've looked at, like they're talking about patents right. and stuff like that. Like does Apple Insider, like I know like Mac rumors, like it's got rumor in the name, but. Apple Insider, have they always kind of been this facetious about stuff? I mean, it's like this is total like it's this, this, it's not clickbait, but it's like it, it's mm. it's right on the verge of they they look at patents and then they kind of go well kind of kind of determine what way. they can yeah, right. I mean, it looks cool, and this is to be fair, they hired somebody or they have somebody internally that rendered this. Right. This is not any way coming from Apple. Um, but can you imagine having, you know, your phone yeah. and then having a mini iPad? Basically, yeah. I mean, you would have like, what is that mini iPad, like eight inches or something? Hmm. Maybe. I think. So it says Apple's expected to announce an iPhone fold with a flexible OLED display by 2024. So got some time here, maybe a couple years. And Apple Insider has created a render to show what it may look like. Um, and it says, rumors and patents show that they've been working on this for years. However, the technology required for such a device is in its infancy. And it isn't clear what form the device may take. Each year, they says the rumors arrive, pushing it back, blah, blah, blah. Um, September 2021, they said there's the well-known analyst Ming-Chi Ku said it may not arrive until 2024. Like... This guy has, I guess, predicted a bunch of other right. stuff, right? So he's been pretty, has a pretty good track record. But um, if you look at like Samsung, they've been, they've actually got phones. Like they've had, they've released phones, a couple of different ones now. The Fold, the yeah, Flip. Yeah, I, I was playing with one um, at Best Buy kind of testing it out. There. Um, and yeah. I know there's been a lot of criticism of it, especially like the, I think it was the Fold when it first came out, like the crease mm-hmm. and, and like how, how long is that going to last? Right. You know, is it going to, it's going to eventually break and, I think, and like I think, I think the what I took away from this, like the big override, overarching uh, viewpoint, if you will, from my perspective, was that if Apple does release this at some point, they're gonna make sure it's like up to the Apple standard. Oh, it's like yeah. it's oh, not yeah. gonna be some gimmicky thing like you've seen so far. Like it's gonna be the real deal. And I think I think that's what they're trying to they're trying to get to is that um, 
it, it could be like hopefully it's super cool when they if they do release it. But I'm I'm sure it will go through some serious durability test. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that you know Samsung or whoever else has put one out hasn't done a, a good job. I mean, you know, some of the best phones I ever had were folding phones. Well, after the Razor Man, the Razor, Razor Baby. After their uh, <laughs> iPhone 6 Plus, right, fiasco, the bend gate? Yeah. They are they never going to go. Yeah, they're <laughs> never going to go through a release and not yeah. have thought of every potential, what is this consumer going to do with right. this phone? They're going to be super careful, I think. And yeah. They're going to make sure it's right before they hopefully but, release it. I mean, if it's basically like two, let's say, iPhone 13 minis, yeah. sandwiched together. And then you kind of flop it open. Like, and... That's a pretty robust phone. Like, right. this phone is solid. What was the one, was it a folding phone or maybe it was a flip phone that had the display on the outside so you could see notifications and stuff without opening it? The Z was Fold the is Z that Fold? Yeah. So, like, the, ho- hopefully they do something like that yep. where you have, so you don't have to actually open the phone. Every time you want to use it, um, yeah. But, I mean, we just don't know. Yeah, it. but think think about how, how thin, thin these stuff. displays are. Yeah. They could have that display on the outside, so you'd have a whole phone. That's what, yeah. And then, and then open it up to a full phone. Right, because what you were talking about had only had that small display. Yeah, right? it was just like for notifications and stuff like well, that. Well, the, no, really the new do, Z Fold does is it have like a full display? A full oh, okay. display. That'd be cool. I, I don't look at anything other than Apple stuff. Marquez reviews them, so oh, I, I watch yeah. it. Um, so. I mean, I. It's just, it, up until this point, and even now, it still seems like a very gimmicky thing yep. to me, and I think. They don't want to release anything that's seen as gimmicky, at least I wouldn't think. But and another thing was, is it going to be iPad OS or is it going to be? Oh yeah, I you know I or will they merge it at some point and like, just like be, yeah, what's the OS going to be? Uh, on this be I or type of or Apple will it device? be a M M one device yeah. or M two device? Or if it's all the same chip, it right. should all be the same OS, right? If it's all M Apple Silicon. It should run. It doesn't matter what the same OS should run on all of them. I think they, they got to be going to that, right? I mean, they, they were at that point at one point, and then now I think well, you would. But you, there's an M1 iPad Pro, and it still runs iPad yeah, OS. Yeah, but it's but it can it could run their full blown Mac Monterey OS or, Monterey. Yeah, yeah, as well as you know, I don't know. I think it's going to converge at some point. I, I, I it, it, it would, would make sense. To. Yeah, it would make sense for them to develop apps that would run on one single platform or across all their devices because it's all running on a similar version of their silicone. I don't know. And I'm just, what do I know? That that renders interesting. Yeah. The way they have the widgets yep. and then like your, I, your app icon set yeah. up because you can't do that now. No. And I like how they were talking about too. Um, well, the iPad maybe. Well, they were talking about the, the patents show that they're trying to overcome the, the known issues today, like with the folding and having that crease or whatever, by using complex hinges and, and newer display technologies, which I don't, you know, I don't know what those would be. But, and it says that these are based off of renders off of a few of the patents and the Samsung Galaxy Fold that Apple Insider has made these from. But it says, it also says that, uh, the iPhone 14 may introduce a new radical design, which I don't know what that would be, 
Um, it's not going to be fold, I don't think, but it would take some of those elements. It says flat sides combined with a hole punch selfie. Maybe they'll finally get rid of the notch, maybe. And then flush real camera, flush real camera module would be nice. But that wouldn't that mean like either the phone has to be thicker or they shrink well, something else if, down to if, fit the the camera in there. If you're going to have a foldable phone, it's probably going to be thick. Oh yeah, it has to be thicker than like a little. At least a little if you, bit. If you make it, if you make it too thin, it's just going to break. Yeah, you don't want it to be bent. Like that and you can't stuff a decent size battery in it. But I wonder what size the uh, one, it, like, if like like say you got a. a iPhone 13 Pro Max, the the biggest phone. Yeah. What well, you have. What I have. Yeah. So if you open that up twice, what would that aspect ratio be? I don't so know. So would, would you, if you were watching like Netflix or Disney Plus or AK, whatever. AK, man. AK. I, I mean, just seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean. But if you. Yeah, like, I don't think it'd be 16 by 9. It'd be right. somewhere like I, close to um, 4 by 3 aspect right. ratio. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. Are they going to make these a little bit longer so yeah. that when you open them up, you could make them true. Uh, Close a true to 16, 16 by 9? Yeah. Hmm. But if I like the kids, they had the, the, the new, um, Taylor's got the new iPad Pro, the M1. I think she's got what? the new one. I think or her, Joey, does, I thought. Like it's, it's thinner than your phone. So like they technically do it, but then you still got to have, like, especially if, like, think about it. If it's that big because you're folding it in and out, like, there's a lot more room for battery. So everything else could be thinner because they can kind of space it out a little more. And they could potentially have a bigger battery, which would last longer. That's kind of what they're saying is, like, they expect that, that it'll be able to open and close without a crease or seam in the display, which we have not seen that yet. Everything we've seen, like, from Samsung and even some of the other ones, I think there was some other, like... Uh, was it uh, Huawei or some other one? Did they make some some other somebody else made a foldable phone? I, I don't know. When I unfolded that Samsung the other day, yeah, is it I was, noticeable? I was really impressed mm-hmm. with how flat it was. But yeah, take a piece of paper, fold it in half. <laughs> yeah, open it up, fold it in half again. A thousand. Open it up. Hundred yeah. thousand times. Yeah. Right. So I mean, how how often do you do you yeah, grab your it's phone? It's gonna have and, to be super durable. And do this, or 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 yeah. if you're a nervous person, and it's glass. And you're sitting like, there, glass is not made sitting to there bend. doing this, you know. Uh, glasses is not made to bend. I'm constantly. sure. I'm sure there is a different material, silicon material that that reflects like glass or yeah. as strong as glass. Gorilla glasses working on it. Gorilla. They're working something. On something. Because it says um, fully. Closed, the thickness of the device should be only slighter, slightly thicker than the current iPhone, which, you know, if it's what? bigger, if it's bigger, you have more room to spread stuff out. So I would see that. But like you said, if it's too thin, then it could you know, maybe it'd be fragile. But mm. um, and it says, you know, maybe similar to the size of the iPad mini, which I could see that like when it's open and then like slightly thicker when it's closed. But, you know, it's not yet clear if they'll optimize iOS or iPad OS, like Matt said. You know what? It better have USB-C. That's all I know. <laughs> and it better be MagSafe. Yeah. I'm just happy with USB-C. You won't see that for another few years. MagSafe is garbage. I mean, this is all, there's a lot of conjecture, right? We, we don't know what's going to happen. Oh, I mean, it's just some fancy magnets on the entire case. <laughs> magnets. Yeah, we just don't know. Like, And what's the orientation going to be? You're going to be able to like half open it and do things and... But honestly, like it says, like this could be a 2023 or 2024 before we 
actually see anything. I'm thinking it's probably going to be longer than that. Yeah. Or never, hopefully. Yeah, I, I just I just think with why I think with the supply the supply chain constraints that we're already seeing, and them already and then like they're kind of right in the middle of their Apple Silicon transition. They still haven't like fully realized that because they still have some iPads that are still using the Bionic. Um, like until everything gets to like the the M1 architecture, I guess. Until but, they get down to that one. Nanometer. nanometer. Um, I, I don't think this is like, – I just don't see this being a priority for him. Like, nah. is this really a big deal? Nah. I – Like, is, would you buy one of these? I I would buy one of these, and, and, I, and I'll tell you why. There's some times that when I want to open a PDF or something mm. on my phone that I have to blow up and then I have to go like this and back and this and back and That's this true. and back to read – because you know PDFs have like, or you're constantly zooming in and out, right? Yeah, yeah I get or that. or if you were a, a photographer that had your camera linked to your phone and you were doing quick, you could do quick editing on your phone. Yeah, uh, the possibilities are endless. I mean, screen real estate is a big deal for certain applications. I agree. Like there's there's things that I definitely don't want to do on my phone uh, if I have a choice. <laughs> Matt, people do more than just TikTok and Facebooky. You're full phones. of crap. No, hey, people do not. Do he's more he's than learning that. that now that he's got a laptop, uh, uh, an Apple laptop. I mean, you had a you had you had a laptop before though, didn't you? Yeah, a service, service that he gave me. Did you use it a lot? Just web browsing stuff. The same as I do the yeah. MacBook Pro. <laughs> just five times more expensive. Just. Well, considering you probably didn't pay anything. I didn't pay anything. <laughs> Nothing. So 100% more expensive. First world problems. Yep. From GAF Energy, uh, they are introducing – so GAF Energy, I didn't, I didn't know this, but they make – they're like one of the biggest producers of uh, roofing materials in the country. Um, really? That's like a substrate part? Like – like the actual shingle? I think so. That's what I think that's what it says. Oh, um, I've never heard of them. Well, maybe them not maybe it wasn't them specifically, maybe it was their their partnering with one of the biggest oh. There was a bunch of different articles that I read, but uh I don't know if it's in this specific one, so it, it could be. But basically this this Timberline solar um it's a new product from them or the manufacturer that they're partnering with. And it looks, it's really thin. I mean, you can see in the picture here, oh, yeah. if I show the picture. Uh, so it's a really thin, like it's, it's, it's almost as flat as a shingle. Um, maybe not as sexy as three dimensional shingles. Yeah, like to me, no. like to me, I would rather it be one or the other. Like that's the only thing that off puts me a little bit is like, does this look better than having like, a shingle roof with the solar panel stacked on top, probably yeah, but yeah. it doesn't look that much better. Um, it's probably easier to maintain. Is it cheaper? I don't know. Um, probably easier to install if you're if you're replacing or doing a new roof. But to me, like when I look at this versus like uh, a Tesla solar roof, that the whole thing is uniform and you don't even, like you would never know. Most people would never know that somebody had a Tesla solar roof. Because it all looks the same, but only so many of them actually have a solar panel right. in them or a solar cell in them. To me, this still looks kind of hodgepodgey, 
But it's still a step in the right direction, especially if it's if it's cheaper. Like they didn't really get into like I'm sure you could put in your information and they'll you know get the information, but it's cheaper than doing tr- traditional solar panels on top of a shingle roof. To, to me, to but me, only if you're replacing a roof or right. you're putting in a new roof. To me, if I was going to do solar panels, I would do a ground array and be done with it. Yeah, well, and you this, can get and, to it, right? And this is the reason why. Came home from uh, work yesterday. It was snowing, just a little bit, not not enough to 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 do anything, but. My next door neighbor, all his uh, panels on top of his house covered in snow. Covered in snow. I said, "You need to go get you a a pool." Uh, oh, one of those big uh, pool poles and a, and it's a his pool on top brush. Of his roof? Yeah, it's on his roof. And I said, "You just need to knock that off." And he was like, "Well, it it really doesn't get that much power mm. when it's cloudy." I said, "But you're still mm. getting power." <laughs> You need to keep them clean. Yeah. Hmm. So if you had it on the ground, you're cleaning and maintenance because those Easy. panels, dirt, dust, and debris gets on them. You right. have to clean them regularly. What if you... No one steal this idea. <laughs> Too late. So if you're going to say it, it's going to be... So it's probably already happened. So you install your panels on your roof. Let's say hopefully it's in like a rectangle shape or whatever. It's not a weird shape. On either end of your array, you have this thing that kind of attaches to it, and it's a brush. Like motorized. That through motorized that just that would be cool. pulls down to get rid of the snow. Yeah. And then goes back up. And then when That'd it snows, cool. you hit a button. And it slowly just pulls down and clears off that, the solar array. I wonder, yeah, if that exists. Okay, but how does how does te- the te- does the Tesla roof get warm enough to melt it? I don't know. Because well, think about the dishy. I, I don't. The I don't, the, the, the Starlink dishy. Yeah, but that, it gets warm enough to where it. But the, you have the, it doesn't. But like you it have, doesn't accumulate. You have power going to that. But you have power going to the solar cells. No, yeah, power coming from the you solar cells. Yeah, power cells. coming yeah. from but the solar cells. But I guess if they knew, if they were smart enough to know it was snowing, maybe they could heat themselves a little bit to keep the snow from accumulating. No? No. Hey, back to my idea. What do you back think? Back to your idea. <laughs> okay, so let's say you're in Ohio we, where we are, okay? How often do we get snow? I mean, not the last few years, it's less and less. I mean, but hold on, hold on. What happens when a motor just sits and it's not used for a long time? Like electric motor or well, then gas one, then motor? Once a week, it can just auto-cycle itself and go up and down. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Just like when people have whole home generators. Once a week, yeah. it'll kick on and run for five minutes and then turn off. I just, think, I just think there was, like, we should be able to build the tech into the solar panels to be able to well heat it up. Okay. Because they so, don't need to use a ton of energy to so, melt snow. Let me let me let me give you this tidbit of random information. Oh God! LED streetlights, mm-hmm. traffic lights. Mm-hmm. When they came out, they what were, was what they were, were dangerous because they weren't melting the because they weren't melting the snow. Oh, so they were like co- getting covered over. So what they had to do is they had to put in little heaters to keep in them the clean. in that to keep them clean. I didn't know that. So. 
LEDs, you know, you you take your strip lights and you feel them, they're warm. Yeah, but those aren't, weren't getting warm enough. But they weren't getting warm enough mm. because of the outside ambient temperature. Gotcha. So, so they had to put heaters. So, they had to so put, that, that means they're going to use more energy. So well, at least when it's colder. They're going, right? they're going to use less energy than a standard Still, bulb. Overall, yeah. But... but so the um, so I was so I, I knew I was thinking of this. I wasn't crazy. So GAF they have they do 1.4 million roofs per year using their shingles, their their traditional shingles, not this new wow. ones. 133 years they've been uh, doing shingles in, in, in U.S. homes. Like have the shingles been around that long? I guess you know. I guess. Um, so they they have been making these, and I, I don't know why they were. Why they're called energy? If they're, maybe they do other products besides shingles. I didn't look super deep into them, but the uh, like the this it says the Timberline shingles. Like, the cool thing is, is like they have like these. They have a uh, uh, certified installers, and these it's not going to be a, a huge leap for them to be able to install these over their regular shingled products. So, and they'll be able to do it in tandem when they're replacing a roof or doing a new roof. This is something that it'll be. It's much easier and less involved than doing solar panels. I did not see. Roof. I did not see like what, uh, like that small array. How much that was equivalent to? Yeah, like if there's there was um, a, a direct. I didn't see that, and I might have just skipped over it. No, it, it was here. So what you got to do is you got to click on this. Like, so the like where it says for homeowners, um, and then it also says like learn more like. There's a bunch of other information on their site um, that gets into more detail. Like, see, okay. there's a di- like a different, and then like you've and you got to fill out like one of those calculators or or fill out the information, and the, I guess they would get back to you. Maybe like a, a consultant or something would contact you. And they have this video as well, which I did not watch, so that may explain some of it as well. But I mean, it's we, we need more more of this innovation, like not less of it. I, like I'm not knocking it because they are doing they're taking a step in the right direction. I just think when you're looking at it from an aesthetic point of view, like it doesn't, it does look better than like having traditional stacked solar panels. I mean, because it is is more in line with the roof, right? But it doesn't look as good as like a Tesla solar roof or 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 something like that would. Like if it was all like if they made because if they made the whole roof look similar to this, it would almost look like a metal roof or something. Then it would make more sense. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like I know. Having having the two. Having the two different types of material still kind of looks like a lot of HOAs and things aren't gonna nope. that don't allow solar today because of that aren't gonna allow this either. Right. Yeah. Denied. But it's cool. Like we need more of this. Hopefully, it's cheaper, a cheaper option, or at least an option for some people who don't want to have the traditional panels. I guess. But if you go back a few years and you think about it, like the the glass that had the, the solar built into it. Oh yeah. For or, like just the windows and stuff. Or, you know, there's, there's plenty of different ways that you could incorporate when it becomes more feasible. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I'd, I'd love to do solar. I just can't put down that much money. Yeah. It's a, unless you, like you said, like, I mean, you did the, the geothermal stuff. But it's it's a twenty thirty year investment, right? Like, unless you're building a house, or you have to replace the roof anyway. But if you're just replacing the roof and you're going to sell it and move on, like you're never going to see that return, right? You might get a little bit more out of the house or, if it has it, but not enough to. Yeah, but get, but does that does that matter? Back. Does that matter to Joe Schmo? No, not yeah. yet. <laughs> not yet. Right. Yeah, not yet. 
Yeah. So, but I mean, we need more of this. Hopefully, we we do. I, I hope they have a. I hope they have nothing but success because, um, you know, we need more of this kind of innovation. Yeah, because when you have more and more people doing all this other stuff, then it brings down the cost. Yes. Because of competition. And the more they, yeah, the the higher they can ramp up the production, the scale it up, it'll be cheaper hopefully too. Because if they're if they're they're already making this investment, obviously, because they're making other shingles. Now they're going to make these. So, yeah, it, it's cool. Like I'm not like I said, I'm not. It's not. I'm trying to knock it. I just it's aesthetically, it's not. I don't see it as a big example. Yeah, but if or you're a big win, if but, you're putting regular solar panels on your house, you really don't care about th- aesthetics. Yeah, then it doesn't anyways. matter. But especially if these are cheaper and you're getting just as good of a uh, generation out of them. Right. Yeah. So from Habitat for Humanity, this is the uh, the pens- it says Peninsula and Greater Williamsburg branch. Uh, so they have they dedicated their first the nation's first ever three D printed habitat home to a Williamsburg family. Now I think there's been other three D printed houses. We've seen some. I think we've even talked about a couple, but I think this is the first one that Habitat Humanity have, has ever mm-hmm. delivered um, to a family. So. It was super cool. Um, there's a picture of it here. Like you would never, like most people would never be able to tell. Right. Like, you can see like the lines on, yeah, the, but, on the edges but, there, but, but almost looks like stucco or yeah, something. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It looks like stucco or drive it or, or and something. And then the like rest that. of it, especially like the roof and the columns and the stonework or the brick, like you would not really be able to tell. Um, so it said that uh, the, like, they, so this was December 21st of 2021, so just a couple of weeks ago. It's a three-bedroom house to a full bath. It was the first ever completed 3D-printed habitat house in the nation. Um, of course, there's a bunch of people in attendance and things like that. Um, and it was just four days before Christmas, so they were able to move in, like, you know, right right after that. Uh, and the cool thing is, is, like, I think a lot of people don't realize, I don't know if you guys have ever done anything for Habitat here for Humanity. I've, I've, um, I've helped out with projects. Like, I've never built a, a house fully right. with them. But I've I've been involved with like raising money and things like that before, but like these they're not giving these houses away for free. These people have to put in like oh, I yeah. think I think it's, it's like big investment it's like three hundred hours yeah. into not not necessarily their house, but as a whole. So right. either like they have like a they have a habitat like restore, like where they get materials from builders or people that are rehabbing houses and they bring like windows and doors and like things that people can still reuse. Right, like. You, you don't just – they just don't hand you a brand-new house. Like, this is not a freebie. You have to put in the sweat equity. You have to do so many hours to work for that. And you still have a mortgage. Now, they do a 0% interest mortgage, They and they finance it directly. Hmm. But you still have to have good credit. You still have to meet certain income requirements. Like, the, this is not – like, they're not just handing these these houses out to just anybody, right? So – um this uh, this homeowner, her name was April. She has a thirteen year old son. So they uh, they were the ones who received this house. Um, you know, like I said, right before Christmas. I just thought it was super cool. Yeah. So she logged three hundred hours, um, which is one of the requirements. So she had to actually help the crew and like the, do the Williamsburg Habitat restore. She's also a full time employee. She works nearby. Um, like I said, you know, it's an interest uh, mortgage, but it's backed by the the, the Habitat uh, affiliate. So she's paying them back for for this house, So, which will go to build the next house and whatnot. So I think the coolest thing about it was 
Um, they were talking about how, um, yeah, 40, 40 to 80% of the, the median income of a normal person, they still have to have good credit, blah, blah, blah. And they still have a traditional 20, 30 year mortgage. Um, so it's 1,200 square feet, but, and they were able to th- do the 3D printed part in 28 hours. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, they still had to do the roof and but, the stuff like that, but they said they estimated they saved about four weeks overall. From being able to do the 3D printed stuff. My my question is 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 this this is a living in America. This is a tiny home at twelve hundred yeah, square foot. I, yeah, I don't even know what the average. Or what is the average? My first home was nine hundred and fifty seven. My first home was eight hundred and forty. Yeah. <laughs> I live in what now? And I, I can't, I, I can't imagine. How big being, is that palatial estate of yours, Darren? I'd say, I'd say it's, the, I don't know, like we, a forty-five hundred square no, foot. Home. Google no, what the average like Americans, average American home size is. I th- I'd say it's about sixteen, seventeen. Think so? I don't think it's that off. I could be wrong. We'll see. Um, and it says that they think using the the printed the three D printed uh, process because it's all con- they're using concrete to to three D print it. They're estimated they save about fifteen percent. Per square foot in the building costs. What? Uh, what did it say? The average house size right around twenty five hundred square feet. Oh my goodness! So this is. I not- am below average in my little tiny ranch. I I am very close to average. I'd say yeah, I'm about the same. Part for the course for me being below average. So this is about half of the. <laughs> so this is about half of the. And that was the U.S. average. I just said average. Average. So this she. So, but, I mean, it's just her and her son, too. And it's just a three-bedroom, two-bath. So, I mean, yeah, it's probably a little smaller. But So they, they save 15% per square foot in the building cost. And because it's concrete, it better retains temperature, saving on heating and cooling. And it's more resistant to tor- tornado and hurricane damage. I wonder what the R value is of that house. I, well, I that that's what – I didn't ever see, like, how thick that is. Because my house was built in 1954 – and it's a brick block, so it's almost 18 Eight, inches thick. 18. But when it gets cold, there's no insulation yeah, in there. Yeah, just got an air barrier, So, right? yeah, there's a there's a half an inch uh, of air barrier because they just fur out the, the drywall. But when it gets cold outside and stays cold, it's yeah. cold. the walls are cold. Right, because you never got, like, blown in insulation or anything to fill that void, right? Yeah. Um. Mm. So I thought it was cool that um, they talked about uh, where did it go? Lost my place. Sorry. Uh, oh, so Virginia Tech was one of the they they were worked with Virginia Tech, um, and they're going to use a proprietary Raspberry Pi based monitoring system in this house to track and maintain the indoor environment. They're going to collect the data, That's cool. and it also is going to feed us. Uh, uh, series of smart applications that the homeowner will be able to use. Hmm. Um, and it says, you know, the utility bills should be st- super low because of the, the R value, the energy efficiency of the house. And it will be outfitted with solar panels. Um, what? To help offset yeah, energy too. Were, were there any better pictures of the in- no. interior of it? Because no. so, so did they 3d print it? Yeah. Then built the roof still, but then they did they stick build the inside? No. Yeah. Oh, I don't On the know. ones I've seen, they have not. I didn't see any interior pics. So so when they're when they're printing this, do they put in electrical boxes? 
and then a, a stick and then chases it, and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So um, there is a video down here, but I did not watch it, so I don't know if it goes into the inside or not. We'll have to check that out. But the link will be in the show notes if you want to go and check it out. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on, which I thought was pretty cool, like I don't know how practical this is, but it says that um, they, that uh, where was it? Uh, it's back up here. Uh, Alquist, which I think was one of the building partners, they install a 3D printer in the kitchen of every home they build because they're the ones who do the 3D printing stuff. And they will give the homeowner downloadable files. So like door knob, like uh, knobs for drawers and light switch covers and other replaceable parts, like she'll be able to 3D print replacements that's and stuff like that. Cool. Now, I don't know if that's what they used. Maybe. Or, or if that's just a thing that they're doing, like it would be cool if they did. Like we'll have to go and see what the if there's like videos in the in the interior. But it's like hopefully they gave them a good 3D printer because if it's a crappy <laughs> 3D printer, they're just gonna throw it in the trash. <laughs> if you don't have the patience to, then you give it to a friend. <laughs> From the climategroup.org. So this was um. I shared this with you guys. I don't know if you had a chance to look through it or not. The reason I wanted to, to 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 share it is because we talk a lot about what we would like to see for charging, like gas stations and locations mm-hmm. and all of that. Well, this is a conglomerate of companies that have put together this document, and this, this they're the ones who make up the climategroup.org. Did, didn't we cover – we covered a topic a while back – that was about the conglomerate that was going to go to a more universal. It could, yeah, it could have been them. I don't remember what the name was. Um, yeah, so it's Climate Group EB100, Zev Community, under two degrees. So that reference, I think it's a, a part of climate change where they say if we pass the two degree Celsius threshold, like it's going to get bad. Like the, what they're already saying is like it's inevitable that we're going to be able to stay. We're already going to hit the one, maybe one and a half. Like if we go above two, that's when we may not be able to reverse it is what they're saying. What's that mean? If the global climate is warmed by more than two degrees Celsius, it may, we may not be able to reverse it. Over what period of time? Ever. Ever. Like in our life and in the human, like we'll be extinct. We'll go extinct. If, if, if the global climate warms by more than two degrees Celsius, it will create such catastrophe that it will wipe us out. Global. Yeah. So ice caps melting, et cetera, et cetera. Scoot back a little bit, man. I think we've moved this whole table. I, I haven't moved shit. Like we're usually Oof. we're usually even with that mic. Where's your marks on the floor or something? <laughs> I don't know why we keep pushing forward, but I'm not I'm leaning back. <laughs> He's, he's just salty about two degrees Celsius. Anyway, so that's just that that's just one group that's part of this. So it says like the whole purpose of they want a set of of it's the, you know it's, nobody has to adhere by these by any means, but they're trying to come together and set some basic principles that we should follow as EV adoption grows, as more charging is put in place. This is kind of like. I don't know if this is the first draft or they've done this for a while. It's the first time I've seen it. Um, but I, I just want to kind of th- throw it out there because we've talked a lot about a, a lot of these topics over the last two years, over our 38, 37 episodes. And this is the first time I've ever seen something like that's been put together that kind of talks about them all in the same place. 
I mean, it's just more standardization, right? Right, but we don't have that right now. Like Tesla's doing whatever they want. Oh, yeah, Electric yeah, America's yeah. doing whatever they want. GM. Yeah. Like I think everyone should adopt Tesla. But in, but unless they unless they all come and can agree on some common ground, that'll never happen. That's that's the fear, right? Um, so so do and, we, and, do and we, this is more from a standpoint of making it better for the consumer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not always the first thing that these companies have in mind. Do do we have history showing that when gasoline vehicles were first produced like standardization ford had this kind of fill neck for the gas and mm. and this person had this fill neck and this and this like has there has there been a time when we've seen you know ice vehicles go to what they are now I don't, or have they always been that same kind of fill neck, the same size, you know, this and that? Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. But or when what, diesels came out, diesels are a different size. Like, yeah, yeah, I would say that some things probably came. There was probably some standards that were adopted along the way. But what I will point out is <laughs> one one instance of that. Uh, we don't even have the gas tank on this, uh, the gas, the gas fill on the same side for all cars. Like some cars are on the left, some are on the right. Mm-hmm. Heck, some of them used to be under the license plate in the back. Like oh, behind the tail light, weren't they? Behind, yeah. Seven, like behind the tail light. We yep. still don't even have a standardized location for the gas fill. We definitely don't have that for EV because yeah. all the, there's all different locations. Like, so I would say no do you <laughs> to know, your question. Do you know one of the only standardized uh, pieces in all cars? License today? plate. No, no, seatbelt, seatbelt. Yeah, from Volvo, right? From yeah. Volvo, they I gave a three point. They harness. gave that technology to everybody because it was safer. I get it. Okay, come on, Elon, give everyone your charging port. So, not to read this verbatim, just to kind of highlight, basically, what they're trying to do is set some ground rules that hopefully most of the manufacturers will agree to at some point, or at least try to come to some kind of. Uh, agreement. So they talk about a lot, a lot about DCFC. So DCFC is direct current fast charging. So from now on, I'm, whenever I say DCFC, it's direct charge fast current. They say it a lot <laughs> in this article. So I don't want to have to say that every time, but that's basically the premise. Premise is it's more about the charging infrastructure and the accessibility of the charging infrastructure, how you pay for the charging, where the charging is located. That's kind of what they're trying to trying to set ground rules for. And the reason they're doing that is, uh, is right now they're saying the market is rapidly growing. We all agree on that. We've been talking about it for a couple of years now. But the reports are projecting 35 million U.S. EV sales by 2030, which I think that's still, like we've talked about that number before. I think it's way underrated. And then 13 million in Canada. Like I think it's going to be way higher than that. I mean, heck, Tesla's almost at a million a year. And then you, you're talking about just Tesla over the next 10 years, eight years is going to be, you know, a third of that. I just don't think that number is, I think it's going to be closer to 40 or 50 million Ooh. by 2030. I, I honestly Ooh. do. Like, what do I know? Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, um, it says that currently Tesla's leader, as far as networking go, the network infrastructure for charging, they have about five, um, just over 5,000, or sorry, they're the network leader with just over 5,000 non-Tesla chargers uh, as far as DC, DC fast charging go, 
in the U.S. Um, but, of course, we think that's going to grow significantly because Electrify America, Ford, GM, and even Tesla, they're continually – and then Tesla's going to open up their network, of course, too, at some point. So it's going to just go bonkers, I think. Um, so in light of that, they're just trying to come up with these principles. And honestly, it's really to protect us, the consumer, and to make sure that we have equal equitable access to charging – wherever, whenever we may need it. Some of the things I think are questionable, like I don't fully agree with, and I'll get your guys' opinion on them as we go through them. But that's kind of the gist of this. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So the first part is the development. So planning. They're talking about um, they need to be thoughtful about this. It needs to be equitable. When I talk about equitable, it means to be like everyone needs to have equal access. Like no matter of your income level, if you own an electric vehicle – you should be able to charge just like anybody else. There shouldn't be like they talk about paywalls and some other things in here. I think you posted a comment when I first posted this about putting the chargers in low-income areas. Like how does that make sense? Well, I think eventually I think EVs are going to be just as cheap as ICE, hopefully cheaper at some point, at least some versions of them. So more people will hopefully own them or at least own the, many people that own regular cars now and, a lot of people in lower income areas own cars now and they'll own EVs at some point in the next 10, 15 years. So we need to make sure that the infrastructure is put in place where they live as well, not just in richer communities or communities where the shopping malls are. You know, They're just trying to prevent people from being left out, and which would, which would slow the adoption. Because if you can't charge, you're not going to buy the car. Um, so that this is just some forethought that they're putting in to hopefully try to prevent that. Will it happen? Who knows, right? But that's when they talk about planning and making sure that there's resiliency, that if there, that the, the, the thought is put into how many locate, how many charges are at a location. If something breaks, how soon is it fixed? Like I, uh, Matry, we went to Matry a few months ago. Um, they have like four chargers right in the front. They're Tesla chargers. Two really? of them, two of them were broke. Huh? I don't know how long they look like they've been broke for a while. Were like, they just um, the normal? They're just the like the, a, the, the, the the Gen One Tesla wall chargers, but they were outside on the pedestals. Oh wow! Or is it Gen Two? Gen Two, the silver ones. Yeah, they were the silver Gen okay. Two ones. So, um, but one of them, two of them, two out of the four were broke, and like now, granted, they owned those. They right. put them out there. But what they want to try to do is like they don't want to they want to prevent that and or they want to have a system that gets them repaired in a timely manner. Like we'll we'll get into it. But hmm. those are some of the things they were talking about. So not to spend a ton of time and go super deep. You know, this will be in the show notes if you want to go dive into it in more detail. But so then so like I said, the first section, development, that's kind of like an overall like why do they want to do this? We've kind of talked about that. Next up, probably the most important part. Or one of the most important installation, so redundancy, making sure there's enough there's enough of them for a given area based on the need, making sure that um, if there's broken locations or, or broken chargers or things that don't work, there's enough redundancy of chargers to where it's not super impactful, um, well, and you're not stranded from being able to charge. Then the redundancy part you can solve that by everyone just adopting. The Tesla charger, so you don't have to. <laughs> I'm have, not against that. You don't have to have two Tesla chargers and 
one whatever the other one is and one of whatever the yeah. other one is and one whatever like they talk about that just all be yeah. tesla or if the charger is universal you have all the different adapters available so oh, whether man. whether on the but it would be much easier if everybody adapted the same kind yeah. of plug yeah they talk about that so plug in charge or ease of payment options so so just a giant usb c <laughs> mm. that could be that could be work so it says that the, the charging stations should incorporate plug-in charge technology and or offer payment options for initial charging sessions so that all drivers, including unbanked drivers, what if you don't have a bank account? What if you don't have a debit card? What? You should be able to pay cash. Like, you like the you know, you go to the, like the, some of the parking lots and you got to go in and put your money in. And So these people that own EVs are not going to have a bank card? I, I thought of, I, I kind of, that's one of the things where I was like, that doesn't make any sense, but There's a lot if of everybody has EVs, Sorry, That's, I don't know. Megan no. needs me for something. But if everybody has EVs, that doesn't mean everybody's going to have yeah, there's digital a lot, currency. There's or a, a lot bank. of people that that carry cash that don't. What if like you're these? visiting from another country and you don't have a bank account in this country and you don't have a card that'll work? In the, I mean, it's I like I didn't really ever think. I didn't really they? ever think about that, huh? Cards are pretty much worldwide, aren't they? I would think so, but it's just something that you don't think about that they're trying to make sure that it's put out there, right? Um, and it says that there should be, you know, talking about the signage, multiple languages, um, being able to, to instruct somebody how to work these things. Um, and it also says the cost to charge should also follow a standard market trend to ensure, like, you're not getting gouged and things like that, right? Uh, kind of like we do with gas right now. Well, that well, gas I, is, that's, a, that's a commodity that's traded on the stock exchange. That's, that's We should have never done that, but, you know, that's another... Uh, argument and topic um accessibility and open access so i never thought about this either if you're in a wheelchair can you get to a tesla charger a supercharger think about how high up that plug is if you're in a wheelchair can you reach I, that i'm sorry but they would have never got it it you have to no matter what you do it has to be ada they're not today tesla superchargers are not ADA. There's no way. They're way too high. Because you've seen them, right? You, see, you the, the cable droops on the inside, and it's all the way at the top left. Most of them are not ADA. But that is something that this says. They should be ADA. And I don't because think they're, any, they're... I don't think they are. I don't know how they get away with not being ADA. I don't, I don't either. But think about how high those are. I don't think most people... In a wheelchair, could reach those, especially because of like the curb and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. they're not they're not accessible. They're just not. So I think that's an issue. That's one of the things they're calling out. Interoperability. So there should be an open charge point protocol, OCPP, or a similar open standard. See, they're they're not like they're not trying to set a their rule. They're just trying to say there should be a there should be a rule. Like I think that's the yeah, whole for the sure. cool thing about this whole document and collaboration or whatever you want to call it. Like they're not saying that this has to, this is how it has to be. They're just saying that there needs to be a standard of some sort. They're not trying to set the standard necessarily, at least not in this document. Um, and it said the limit, the to limit stranded assets, uh, charging stations should have the functionality to easily switch to a different software network provider. Like, so if it's like Duke energy or whatever, you know, we have Duke around here. Like, you shouldn't be tied to just that. I mean, like, I don't know how you do that, but 
you know. Oh yeah, the provider of the power. Yeah. Right, and then they so then they talk about roaming. You should be able to incorporate roaming with other charging station providers or ensure customers can easily charge no matter their provider. So, like, if you're if you're in a Tesla or a GM, like, oh yeah, you shouldn't be locked into only using certain chargers for certain vehicles, like we kind of are today. Um, uptime, so that, that's that's a huge one for sure. Yeah. So they should. So charging stations should strive to have a 99% uptime based on a 24 by 7 week time period to ensure driver can readily charge as advertised. We we like if you go to Amazon.com or Google.com or Apple.com or whatever. Like you expect it to be up. If you go to a gas station, you expect to be able to pump gas. Like, unless they're out of gas, you rarely see more than maybe one pump that doesn't work. Like, I don't know if there's like a standard they have to meet. I'm um, maybe the company has one, but like what they're saying is like you, you shouldn't have to. You, if you have a broken charging receptacle or whatever, like there should be a a, a, a some kind of service level agreement or or set standard where it needs to be repaired within so many days whatever right so in california well uh, that might that, that they they are ada compliant but not everywhere they have else. to be ada compliant okay. uh i just pulled up a, a energy.gov document about ada compliance for ev yeah. and they are trying to push through so everything. it's not there yet so it's not there yet, but, but it, it but, is but in why, the works. You know, why wouldn't Tesla think I, about that? I don't know. But it is in but, but but Tesla has to do it in California. Right. So why wouldn't they do it everywhere? That's else? that's kind of why I was I, like, I never thought about that. I, I never <clears throat> the one time I've been to a Tesla uh, to a supercharger with was with you when we were up in wherever we were. And like I didn't really even pay attention on how uh-huh. high but yeah. but does I'll it, show you some pictures. Like it's they're they're high. You can you can reach it from a wheelchair, especially when you take like Matt said the curb because it's set a little bit back off the curb. Yeah, like I don't think you could like unless you had like a helper device, like one of those grabbers uh, or something. So like, why why couldn't uh, there's no reason it c- couldn't be lower? Well, why couldn't they be on a, a swing arm or yeah, or they would have certain stalls that were handicap marked. For like, that's the whole point of this. Like, no one's thinking about that, but they should be. Yeah, but I thought in the United States, everything you do has to be ADA compliant. That's what I thought too. But I guess this, this has not made it that to that yet. So, So now that you're saying that, I'm thinking about going to UDF and pumping gas. It's low enough to where if you're in a wheelchair, you could get to it. Yes. So even little, even the slot to put your card in, yeah, pretty that's little. just it has yeah. to be a right. certain height. Like like yeah. when mm. when when I uh, worked at the haunted house, I worked at. You had to be ADA. We had to we had to have at least, in all the corridors, have to have at least thirty two inches of clearance. Mm-hmm. That is ADA compliant. Well, and you think about it, it's another. You brought that made me think of something else. I've never have you ever seen a handicap marked charger? Like if you're in a cuz eventually we're going to have electric vehicles that have like you think about the conversion vans and things for people to have the ramps and whatnot. They need a little bit more space. You have no handicap marked charging stations that if a vehicle is needs that more space, they it's like they have to think about this stuff like come on. 
that's the only way the adoption is going to get to where it needs to be. I'm going to have to ask on the Tesla Live page. Yeah. How, how many members are wheelchair bound? Yeah. Or, or has anybody ever had an issue people. trying to charge because they can't get the charger? Yeah. Well, the disability or ADA is not yeah. all wheelchair association. Or? It, it's it could be it's yeah, a, it could American be Disabilities Act. Act. That's right. But. It, yeah, I mean, and I was just but, that was but, just one thing I was thinking of. But, but I mean, you can get a handicap sticker for for a lot of different things. So, yeah. not not saying that every handicapped person is in a wheelchair. Right. But you know, maybe you can't. Maybe you don't have arms and you drive with your feet. Yeah. Yeah, because some people do. Some people yeah, do. Yeah, they have the little so, joystick yeah. control they use with their mouth. So they would they what kind of, unless they get somebody else to help them. Yeah, I, I was like I just like I was just mind blown that like no. So why? Being the tech giant Tesla is, I don't know. when you back in, why doesn't that arm just come out and go? Boop? Well, we've seen like, like I don't know if it was Tesla, but remember we seen that robot arm? Like you've seen the video of it. I don't know if that's something that like that that would that would help with that if it was uh, automated. You gotta try to keep costs down. Uh, yeah, you but know still, how much that they arm probably cost per charging station. But putting the charger cable lower doesn't cost them anything. So that that's just I just can't believe they haven't. So I can understand that. putting it at a certain height. And imagine the it's, shit storm that's going to happen when someone <laughs> listens to this podcast and we brought this up. Nobody listens they're, to this podcast. They're going to blast Elon so bad on Twitter. <laughs> oh my god, these DWB guys talked about how you're not ADA compliant. <laughs> What's up with that, Elon? <laughs> Don't at me, Elon. Then he's going to like Don't turn our me. cars off. Don't at he's me. He's going to be like. Matt's car off. <laughs> Joe's car off. Don't Darren's me. car. I can't do anything because it's gas. Uh, so under the maintenance and repair section. What were you saying? Uh, now it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Now he had a if, good point. if you if you ever look in your house in your garage, all your electrical plugs are how far off the ground? Yeah, they're set for that for a reason. Maybe. And they're set for that for a reason because. When you start your ICE vehicle, which this would change if you were all electric, you have gases that is sitting so low at the ground that you don't notice them. So if your outlets were at standard 16 inches like all the other in your house, yeah, when you turn that ignition and that gas got in there and there was oh, a spark, you could have an explosion. Oh, wow. So that's why in garages... Your electrical plugs the are code at, says they have to be higher. at like 42 that. inches high. Didn't know that. Makes sense. Well, it's, so it says as far as like maintenance and repair goes, it says that if there's a damaged station, it's inoperable for whatever reason, the owner, the charging station provider, the software provider should work together to make sure that it's repaired in a timely manner. Additionally, that it should be listed as unavailable until the charging station is fully operational. Like, again, how many times do you show up to like – there's no really easy like way to report. Like, like I so, haven't used them a lot, but in my experience, that should definitely be in this, the app. This now. goes that yeah. goes right back to a uh, video Marquez did, where he took his plaid, yeah. and the Mach E, and it didn't, yeah, and, and then they did that, that road trip. Like half of them were broken, and and then work. they had to backtrack to go up to get yeah. to the because that electri- was a, what Electrify America or whatever. Yeah, you should be America. able to. Re- and, 
Can you report it in the app if something doesn't work? I don't think so. Through Tesla? Yeah. Not that I'm aware of. And I don't know about Electrify America if they have it in their app, but I don't know. So, I mean, it, it, it is a good good thing to get people's minds rolling because, I mean, we've just come off with... Yeah, and it like it's customer support. Each station or whatever should have a number you can call if you have a problem. So you can either report, uh, report an issue... Or if you need help, like figuring something out with a payment or how to hook it up, like <laughs> that doesn't exist today. Like, like it just doesn't. Like that wouldn't be super difficult. I mean, yeah, you got to hire some people to do that. But again, it's another thing that nobody does yet, but they probably should. But if you start, if you start nitpicking this over and over and over, you're going to drive the cost of electric vehicles up. Yeah. Because the charging is going to be have to be, but you're going to have to have all these extra people. To you think about a gas station. You have, there's always somebody at a gas station. Yeah, but now you're not talking about one person per charger or even part per charger location. But you're also you could have one person per thousand locations on a phone. It's still way cheaper than a gas station. Yeah, potentially. But sometimes you can't fix stupid. <laughs> Whoa! That's why you need an eight hundred number. <laughs> so driver information transparency. So that what they're talking about is um, the software firmware provider should work with the should work to integrate their technology with appropriate third party services, automotive companies. Basically, they're trying to say like you shouldn't have these like one off silos like you have today with Tesla or maybe some others. Like it needs to be a more open standard. They should be working together. I, I agree um, to some extent. Like. I understand why Tesla hasn't done it yet, but they're going to. Um, but the problem is, is though, if I make an SOP for this, okay, and I understand this a thousand percent, and Matt doesn't, yeah, how easy, yeah, is it going to be that's for why, me to relay this? And and well, that's why everything else has to be some kind of standard too to help with that, but. I, yeah, I agree. yeah, but but my standard of doing X Y Z and your standard of doing right. X Y Z today are going to be totally different unless they decide on a standard going forward, like and quickly in the next year or two, it's going to be a mess. We, I mean, that's what we've kind of been talking what? about. That what <laughs> I feel attacked. You said I didn't understand your no. SOP. So, and that's kind of what this last this application. Do you want to tell people what SOP is, just in case somebody doesn't know what a SOP is? I know what it is. Okay, standard operating procedure. Yes, I was just a guess, but that's what I thought. <laughs> I could have been wrong. So, number eleven, the final one, app- applicability and implementation. They were like, so no matter if the charging station owner is different from the charging station hardware software provider, each publicly available station should be able to abide by principles listed here to ensure best charging experience for drivers and operators. Like, bottom line, that's what they're trying to do. They're just trying to have a more level, standardized playing field. I agree that we need to work towards this. Like, will it happen? I don't know. Okay. Like, but should it happen? To some extent, I think so. Random, just, there's a a lot of uh, uh, POS systems out there, right? Oh, yeah. Tons. So... There's no standardization in that. Not so, in the POS systems themselves, but there is a standard protocol for payment processing. Okay. Or some. There, like, there's, there's definitely more than one, but there are standards, but they're, 
I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I think there's always going to be some differences. Like, I don't get me wrong, but I think my viewpoint is we have the opportunity now in the next year or two. While, while this is still in its infancy. And if it's not done now, it, w- it will never happen, right? Right. More but, than likely. But it's one of those things, too, that Ford, when they came out, they were totally different than oh, yeah. anybody else. That's or, just what or, we're just trying to prevent that because ultimately it hurts us. It, it does hurt the consumer, but does it... Because if I buy, I have a Tesla now. Matt has a Tesla. Right. But what if I buy an F one fifty Lightning next year, or uh, a Rivian, or a Silverado electric Silverado, or whatever? Like, do I want to worry about like how, what kind of charge? Like, I don't want to worry about all these different charging standards and all that. Like, I, I just want to be able to charge and just drive my car. I, I totally understand that, and and we're at the same point with. Uh, home automation stuff. I mean, I have 30. That's, that's, that's not ever, that's all. I know, (laughs) but but that's what I'm saying. If, if we can't, we're trying to prevent that. We're trying to prevent that. I understand that, but it basically what I'm trying to say is you have these different companies. They want to stay proprietary to what they have. Well, I think Tesla, Tesla's opening up, which is a good sign. And I think now that they're one open, I think, we're early enough where we can hopefully prevent that, but yeah, like it, that's what it could happen, and right. it, it may happen. Hopefully not. It was just, we're trying to prevent it. So I just I thought this was cool. Like, why is IKEA on here? Like, so these are the companies that are kind of like part of this. I don't like IKEA. Why is that VMware company on there? <laughs> I don't there? know, but why is IKEA on here? What or are they Siemens? Have? Or what is HP? I, unless they're going to put chargers in their like their stores. I, like, I still, I would not, I would they not care? even sit in Ikea's parking lot to charge. What? Oh my God. Get over like, it. I just don't understand why they're on. Like now I, now I would say like, as far as like the sustainability of furniture, like that's one of their things, I guess, because they try to use a lot of sustainability, like the, the, in making the furniture and, 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 and recite, I don't know, but what, I just don't understand like overall, like how they fit into this, but I just, I'm just maybe I'm stupid on that respect. I digress. From Intel.com. So Intel recently released like this an introduction to semiconductors. Like it's definitely slanted towards Intel semiconductors, if you will. You know, I get it. But I thought I thought it was really uh cool, some of the explanations and things that they provided. Um, which, you know, the 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 generality of a semiconductor I thought was was something that was cool to share. Maybe not the specifics of the Intel stuff, but we talk a lot about semiconductors, especially recently with the supply chain issues and things like that, like the shortage of of, of chips and in, in everything. Um, I thought it was cool to talk about this and kind of highlight it. And I don't think a lot of people realize the impact and reach that semiconductors have and have had historically and will continue to have on our lives. And I think that's what was pretty cool here. So they released this, um, it was, it was in December, I think, uh, it kind of came out and, and they talk about, um, and I'm not going to read this, you know, you can, the link will be down if you guys want to go and check it out. But I just thought it was cool. It talked about, you know, what is a semiconductor? Like, do you, do people know what a semiconductor is? Like most people, I don't think they really do, but I mean, essentially anything that, usually plugs in or charges in any way 
has a chip of some kind. Maybe not a semiconductor, but it's some kind of or computer more. chip. But at the base, yeah, usually more than one, definitely. At the very base level, think about it as you got a conductor, a semiconductor, and an insulator. And then that's what makes up a semiconductor, you know, chip. So the cert- the term refers to material that has electrical con- con- conductivity greater than an insulator, but less than a conductor. So, like, what does that mean? Yeah. It just means, like, the, these different materials are used to <laughs> harness electricity, move these electrons down certain paths to perform, perform some function. Usually that's some kind of computational function when you're talking about a computer chip. However, it more commonly refers to an integrated circuit, IC, or a computer chip, which is what most people are familiar with. The most common semiconductor material is silicon today, the main ingredient of computer chips. So, <laughs> cancel. Yeah. I don't, did I say the C word? Yes, you did. I guess so. So I thought this was, this was cool. <laughs> what? Computer, cancel. Oh. <laughs> uh. See, they're always listening. Um, so semiconductors are the foundation of modern technology. Uh, they're in everything. So this is this just an example of some of the things that have computer chips, communications, cameras, radios, scanners, phones, televisions, your watch, if it's a smartwatch especially, computing. That's a given. Like anything with, to do with computing is going to have a computer chip. Consumer IoT devices, ATMs, smoke detectors, refrigerators, your coffee machine, your coffee maker, your washing machine, especially if it has any kind of Wi-Fi connectivity. Healthcare, almost like everything you work on has multiple chips in it, I'm sure. Yes. So everything that gets hooked up and does any kind of monitoring or, or testing has a computer chip. Uh, smart energy, your, anything to do with AC, uh, LED bulbs, like that, they're, they're a computer chip, right? Monitoring systems, security, solar panels, smart, anything to do with smart home, computer chip. Transportation. My whole car. How many chips, like, <laughs> even not even talking about electric vehicles, just ICE vehicles, there's, there's probably hundreds of chips in some, some cars. Navigation systems, mapping systems, diagnostic systems, you know, monitoring, airflow, fuel, like, it's all computer chips, right? I don't think, just, people just don't understand. Anything you plug in, Anything that gets any kind of power has a computer chip or multiple. If you have an electric toothbrush, it has a computer chip in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it has to regulate the power of the charging. It has a chip. It's a very, very basic chip in, mo- in regards to, like, a computer or something like that. But PWM. It has a chip. Like, those have to be made by someone. Um, why are they so important? Well, if you haven't already figured it out, they're in all these different aspects. So... 10 to $15 billion is what it costs to make a new semiconductor factory today. It's a big investment. The largest semiconductor fabrication facility is greater than six football fields, American football fields. It's bigger than six football fields. There's over 12,000 construction jobs at a normal semiconductor facility. And $440 billion was the uh, 2020 estimated revenue globally for the semiconductor industry. 
if does that number not seem kind of weird to you? Which one? Four hundred and forty billion in revenue from the industry. Revenue. That's but how to much. Build a new fab. It's ten to fifteen. Is ten billion. to fifteen billion. Like that's why you don't see. Why is that? Re- that's why you, investment not. That's why you don't see a lot of new chips. Like, is the margin that low? I don't know if it's that low, but there's another slide that I think will help with that. That's insane. So to talk a little bit about history, so going back to the 1960s, we had mainframe computers. Like, you see that the picture there? You've got the red and the blue uh, wheels. That's magnetic tape. That's what information was stored on. One computer, you had a 1,000 people usually using that computer. They were doing, like, a time-sharing that's what a mainframe was for. In the 80s, we got like a personal desktop, so you had like more of a one-to-one. 2000s, you got the mobile area. Everybody's got a cell phone. You got several computers per person. Today, I mean, you've got thousands of things that you probably touch daily that have computer chips in them. So you can see just over a you know, 60-year span how much it's grown. You're going to have to change your... Uh... Word, word or unplug that <laughs> when we do a turn podcast. The, I'll turn the uh, yeah, hit the mute button. Turn the mute button. <laughs> um, so this talks a little bit how computer chips are made, like the design all the way through the warehousing. Like I won't bore you with this; you can go and check it out. But it's 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 super cool. Um, basically, the same for all chips. You know, they print a big wafer of silicone that has all of the chips on them, and they cut it all up, and it is a circular uh, wafer. But computer chips are what size? Rectangle, square, like they're not circular. So that means there's there's waste, that stuff that does get wasted, unfortunately. Um, that's the current foul uh, processes today. And then this gets into like some of the newer processes that are coming, like the integrated device manufacturing that Intel's doing, the 2.0. Like, you know, yeah, that's all cool. Moore's Law, so I talked about earlier. So Moore's Law, uh, 1965, Gordon Moore made what he later called a wild extra... Uh, extrapolation of very little data <laughs> that the number of components per integrated circuit would keep doubling annually later revised to biannually. So every six months, what he's saying is the number of uh, transistors or the computing power of a, of a chip would double every six months, which, and we've, if you look at this graph from 1959 all the way, like it goes to 1975, but if you just go out, we've continually been able to do this, which is just, is was amazing. You think today, like, some of the processes are just coming out this year. I think it says there are, like, 20 billion transistors. In six months, we're going to have 40 billion. And then 80. And then 160. Like, that's Moore's Law. That's how crazy that is, and we've kept up with it. That's that's what – that's it's just, it's just crazy. Basically, computing power is doubling every six months, and if not even faster than that, depending on the technology leaps that we make. And they talk about the packaging of Intel chips, and a lot of other chips use this too. And then the architecture, of course. They've got their new Pana Vecchio architecture that's coming out, over 100 billion transistors um, on these chips. Again, crazy, right? Wow. Um, they talk about microarchitecture micro and things like that. Um, and they talk about Willow Cove and Gold Mount, which, you know, it, it, it's stuff that we're going to see. Um, and then they talk about CPU architecture. So you got x86, which is what Intel, AMD, if you're using a desktop or a laptop computer previously to the last year, that's what you were using. 
now with Apple's M1 chip, and you're probably going to see more ARM-based stuff coming out, which is another big one. Um, and then the RISC-V, which is an, is a, is an open source uh, processor design. And then you got the different types of chips. So you got your CPU, central processing unit. That's what's in a laptop. That's what's on a desktop. Uh, there's, there's one on your phone. You got GPUs, which is the graphics processing unit. Usually you have both of those in those devices. An FPGA, which is a field programmable gate array. Um, there's specific devices that use those. And then an ASIC, again, more specific devices that use those as well. So, And then what we're seeing more and more going forward is you're seeing chips that combine a lot of these different things and, and others into the same architecture, the same, the same chip, and they can do a bunch of different things simultaneously because of which would give you better performance or and or better battery life. That's what we're seeing with like the M1 and Google's new Tensor chip and, and things like that. So, and they talked about a little bit about the, the software development, things like that, which is cool. But here's, this is the last thing I want to touch on, which I thought was super interesting, about the cost of manufacturing. You're talking about the 10 to 15 billion investment is what it costs in 2020. And you look back in 2000, it was 1 billion to, to build a fab. So in 2004 to 2006, when they were around, still around 90 nanometers, which was the size of the die of the chip, look at all the companies that were still around. That were, those, all those companies were making chips. Then in 2010 to 2012, they went from 32 to 28, almost half. Then 2012 to 2014, a couple more dropped off. And then today, you've got three main companies that are making all the chips in the world. Sony didn't last long in that. Uh, no. So is it that we have three parent companies that just bought out everyone else? No. Because if it costs that much to build I, a fab, they haven't shut those fabs down, have they? Yeah, because uh, nobody's using a uh, 14 nanometer anymore. So so those particular well, fabs maybe are... for very specific things, but no one is definitely using 32 or 28 nanometer, I doubt. So... so, so a, a fat of 2004 fab that was at 90 millimeter. Nobody's using that anymore. Can't be retrofitted. Oh, they probably do, but it's the they're not, they have to completely redo it. It's 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 not. They can't just swap out two or three things. It's a whole new because everything changes every time they come up with a new architecture. What? That's why you get. That's why it continually has shrunk every few years. Now we've got. You know, Samsung, TSMC, which I don't even know what TSMC yeah, is. That, who's doing the M1? Who's building Apple's chips? Well, I think Apple is now, which they're not on this list, but this was this says 2020, so I don't think it's been updated since then. But So now you would probably go back and you look at this, and I think you would add Apple and Google back to this list. So it's, it's so, actually going... So Apple and Google have their <clears> own fabs? Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing I, We would have to verify that. I'm not sure. Or if they're outsourcing it to TSMC someone else or, whatever, or Samsung, or? which I don't think they would be. It's definitely not Intel. Yeah. But I don't know who makes AMD chips. Is it TSMC? I don't know. Yeah. So I think what we're going to see is a reverse, and you're going to see this grow back out because more you're going to see more fabrications of different types of chips that are proprietary to Apple. I, can't, I just can't get over that price of 10 to $15 yeah. billion dollars to build a single fab. A new fab. Now that may not be that may be several different sites, but it's still the same fab. Because they can't just one fab can't make enough chips. 
Uh, true. And Intel Intel is making a huge investment. They're going to start building plants back in the U.S. as well as other countries because they know they need to be able to keep up with the demand. Yeah. Because it's just going to keep increasing. So what you got, Darren? TSMC actually started back in 1987. In someone's garage? Uh, in a barn? Let's see. In <laughs> Morris Chang's. <laughs> Because he's the uh, owner and founder. Google, who makes Apple M1? I, I, I'm pretty sure Apple has their own fab, but I, I could be wrong. I just don't think it's on this list. Hmm. But it's super cool. I thought there was a lot of good uh, info in here. Like A lot. A lot of people don't realize. Uh, like, TSMC. Why. So TSMC does make Apples. Mm-hmm. I wonder who makes the Tensor the, chip. The M1 chip uh, for Apple's PCs are made by Taiwan... Semiconductor. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's that's why they're so big. I wonder who makes Google Tensor then. Could be them too. I mean, because they're the ones. I mean, like it would. Like, Apple's not going to spend that kind of money to build their own fad. And just think about it. They would have to do that every few years because Samsung. Has, so Samsung makes the Tensor. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I think in, one of the things Intel was saying, maybe not in, in this document, but I've read it other places, is that. They want to get into making other types of chips like TSMC or Samsung. Because you see Samsung, I mean, they... they what kind Samsung. of flavors, though? Don't know. I mean... Ranch? Could be... Uh, uh, Barbecue? Uh, salt and vinegar? Ooh, I like some you salt know, and vinegar pickle, chips. Pickle and vinegar. You know, could be Carolina barbecue. Eh? Eh? Who knows? <laughs> From John Deere, which is just Deere.com. I didn't know that until I went out and was reading this. So they, at CES this, this week, so this was, this is, today is January 7th. CES was what, the 3rd to the 5th or something like that? But anyway, they revealed a fully autonomous tractor. There was like a huge, like down, if you go down in the show notes and you look at this, there's a video and the full, the full they have a full microsite that goes into way more detail and we're going to cover, but there's videos and things like that, pictures. Um, it's a whole big thing. Like, I didn't know that farming was that, you know, as far as the autonomy, autonomy goes, but it makes sense, right? I mean, everything's well, moving to that. I mean, back in the five or six years ago, they had, you had this unit that you could put in your tractor and it would, it would you, like you, the drove, GPS you drove, drove the outside of your land yeah, and it would GPS it like a say, geofence type thing, and it would say, "Okay, you need to plant this way uh, to get the maximum amount of crop out of this maximum yield yield out of this out of this, and then tell you how to plant it and how to yeah. harvest it." That makes sense. I mean, it it's it's this is uh, still a uh, at least diesel. Yeah, I mean, it's not an electric vehicle or anything. No. I mean, it's still like the 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 main. I mean, they're just adding a bunch of electronics and computing power to it to enable this. Like, it's not, um, you know, they're not revolutionizing the, the, the vehicle itself, I guess, as far as. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be hard to have a. I don't know. Like electric the, powered tractor. Yeah, depending on how long these things ran for. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. It's true. In, uh, like, like, say, a combine or something, you know, a normal tractor would would not matter if you were and they're go, they go pretty slow too like they're not yeah. going like super fast or anything so they revealed their fully autonomous tractor for large scale production 
The machine combines Deere's 8R tractor, TrueSet-enabled chisel That's plow. That's a very big tractor, by is the it? way. GPS guidance system and new advanced technologies. The autonomous tractor will be available to farmers later this year. Um, so it says, this was crazy. Like It says that the global population is expected to grow from about 8 billion to 10 billion by 2050. So 2 billion more people in the next 30 years. Okay, that, that's I, I get that. Wait, wait. So our world population, our global population now is 8 billion I think people? We're, yeah, I think we're pretty close. Like, it was like 7.7 the last time I checked. Yeah. Where so, are they at? I don't know. Maybe maybe that was before COVID. Because <laughs> there's been a lot of people. I don't know about a billion, but anyway, I think we were like seven. We were like seven seven the last time I looked. But so about two. So I just thought two billion in the next thirty years. But increasing the global food demand by fifty percent. How is only how is two more billion people going to grow up by fifty percent? That was what I didn't understand. Why is this? What did it say? Everything's back in 2020 at 7.753 billion. Yeah, so I think they're they're probably extrapolating the, the because world, that was when the census was done. The world population clock as of 2022 is 7.9 billion people. Yeah, so right almost there. Yeah. Good grief. And it says that uh, farmers must feed the growing population with less available land skilled labor and work through variable inherent and work through variables inherent in farming like weather climate, uh, soil quality, and the presence of weeds and pests. All of these factors impact a farmer's ability to farm during the most critical times of the year. So, so this would allow them. We were at Jungle, and I didn't know this, and you showed me that they are buying all their produce from that one thing that's oh, inside the, uh, of the, the warehouse. Ham- yeah, in Hamilton. In Hamilton. The micro, the, the the micro green. Acres? Yeah. yeah. And that, and so yeah, in which it was at, there was a lot of autonomous stuff right. in there. As we get into smaller and smaller land for the farmers, I mean, we don't. Yeah, we're gonna we, have to have more see of that. a little bit here, but like you know, you get out west. Yeah, or Iowa, what about in Kansas, India? Uh, India right. is like way bigger than us. Right. So they have to worry about farmers. You know, how much rain they get, or yeah. pesticides, or anything like that. Would it be better in the long run to go ahead and go into hydroponics because you can grow yeah. year long? Like when I went to Alaska, we yeah. went to uh, Chain of Hot Springs, and they have they grow all their stuff. food for their restaurant, all all their vegetables for the restaurant through hydroponics because they use the, they use the geo, geothermal. No, I think we're going to have a we're going to have to have a combination, right? It's not going to. This is going to have to be in conjunction with. The my the the those indoor farms and everything else. I mean, I think it's not going to be any one thing. Um, so talking about a little bit more about the tech, it has six pairs of stereo cameras, which give it a three hundred sixty degree obstacle detection, and the calculation of distance. The images captured on the cameras are passed through a deep neural network that classifies each pixel in approximately one hundred milliseconds, and determines if the machine continues to move or stop. Depending on if uh, there's an optical, uh, obstacle in its way, the tractor also continuously checks its position relative to a geofence, ensuring it's operating where it's supposed to be and it's within less than an inch of accuracy. Ooh, Jesus! So I wonder if it's going to use the new GPS satellites that well, just it, went up. It's it's probably using more of the GIS system than the GPS because GPS is oh, within okay. so much, and then GIS is well. Gotcha. 
GIS is technically like, yeah, because you guys could, you you have right. access to that, right? Right. So it says that they transport to a field, they configure it, they throw it down, and then they can monitor it from the John Deere Operations Center mobile uh, app, I guess it's an app or something, and they can swipe left to right to start the machine. When the machine is working, the farmer can leave the field and then monitor it remotely, being able to see live video, images, data, and metrics so that they can adjust speed, depth, and more. In the event of any abnormal ab, abnormalities or uh, health machine health issues, They'll get notified and can make adjustments remotely and optimize the performance <laughs> on the you, machine. Can you imagine just, <laughs> well, you know, put, was it, um, putting a million dollar machine out there and just going? Is it? I think was it more oh, than that? I bet no. Well, I mean, some of those some of those big tractors are are pretty expensive, bet, especially but, for. So they have this microsite, which I'll I'll throw up here briefly. But so here's like if you want to find out more and like there's way there's like fact sheet. The booth, they have, like, their virtual booth and stuff from CES. Like, there's a ton of stuff on here. Like, if, if you – like, you can, you can watch the press conference. Like, I did not do that. Um, that, that like, again, they have – it's like a whole virtual thing. Like, I was checking out yesterday, and it's it's crazy. Like, there's a ton of information if you if you want to go check it out. It's super fascinating. Like, I – so it reminds me of um, the movie with Matthew McConaughey um, – where they uh the the earth like where all the farm like they can only make corn, what is that movie? What am I thinking of? Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, where the the earth corn? is dying because of climate change, and they have the big sandstorm, and then the only crop they can get to grow is corn, and then they have to Interstellar. I never watched it. You never watched Interstellar. What? Oh. So remember in Interstellar, all of the uh, tractors were. You say autonomous. what to me? And you didn't even realize what he was talking about till he said the name. So shut up. Remember in Interstellar, all the tractor. Remember the tractor started doing weird stuff. Yeah. And he had to like bring him in and reprogram him. That's what it reminded me of. You got to watch Interstellar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's Murph. Murphy's Law. Murph. It's Murph. Like I can't believe. Like it. It even goes with your name. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like that's what it reminded me of because he had to. All the tractors like kept coming back into the farm and just stopping like because they were like something messed them up. And it was the magnetic field or something messing up their GPS, the, I think is what it was. The but. first thing I thought of when I saw this or when you posted this is uh, Polly Shore and um, where he <laughs> wrote Crawl in, in the in the field. Biodome? No, it wasn't Biodome. It was, Crawl? Yeah. Was it Biodome? No, it was it, – basically, he, he was, he was the, the – RA for where this girl or this oh girl. Uh, what was it that wasn't Encino Man was no, it no it was anyway, I don't know anyways, anyways but it was it, that's what I thought of where he automat he wrote it out oh I, I was gotcha. like man that would be so hard to do but <laughs> you could do it with that because you could just yeah you program could program it. well yeah maybe I don't know it, I don't know if the software will let you do something like that oh yeah it would <laughs> thank you so much for watching episode thirty eight. Uh, we enjoyed our break, but we are glad to be back, and we will hopefully be back on track for every other Friday, so you will see us uh, every other week. And we hope you have a great new year, and please check out DVB Show for all of our links. We really appreciate it. All right, see you next time. Goodbye. Sayonara.